My name is Matt Brown. From the 16-yard line, Marcus Jones. Got a block from Stuhler. Here he goes. He's going to try to beat the putter. He does. He's gone. And that is a touchdown. And let's start the show. Watson, the motion man. Kelsey alone on the right. Coming across to the left. On the right, Kelsey. Kelsey, touchdown! Yo, what's going on, everybody? The world is a better place because you are here to join us. My name is Matt Brown, and I am the host of the Productive Conversations podcast. It is Wednesday, November 23rd, 2022. We are going into Thanksgiving weekend with our heads up high, shoulders back, ready to take on a wonderful, wonderful weekend with family, friends, loved ones, and all of that. Thanksgiving weekend starts this weekend. Let's start your weekend off with a stellar NFL podcast. Let's talk about week 11 in the NFL. And before we get into that, hear Russ's picks and have just good vibes all around. I just want to remind you to like and subscribe to the Productive Conversations podcast on all podcasts and platforms and YouTube. And don't forget to check out exclusive content regarding this show on ProductiveConversationsPodcast.com. And don't forget to check us out in the world of social media. We're on Instagram at Productive Conversations Podcast, Twitter at ProdCovalPod. We're on TikTok at Productive Conversations. Oh man, what a month. What a month it has been for me, for this show, for this world, for this life. Uh, We're just very, very thankful to be in this position on this, a season of thanks. And I just want to thank you all for making this show possible. Thank you to uh, people who've given me opportunities lately. You mean a lot. And um, yeah, just thank you to this audience and this fan base. You truly mean more than a lot. You mean the world to me. So yeah, as we are about to talk about week 11 in the NFL, where there were some really, really, really intense games i mean intense games there were some there was a quite a bit of ups there was quite a few upsets this past weekend um we see some divisions really heating up and there's a lot of other stuff going on in between when it comes to the national football league also just want to mention um before i forget we had a Winicky podcast on Friday. He's an up-and-coming rapper from New Jersey, and we talked about his process, his music, and all of that. And you might have noticed that the video portion is yet to be released yet. We're still having export issues on my Mac, and I love my Mac. It's just very old, and it's harder for it to process videos right now when we do the... Um, when we do our in-studio podcast. And that doesn't mean we're not going to not do in-studio podcasts. I did two of them over the weekend. We're still going to have that, but um, we need to figure out the editing with it because the computer's so old. It takes so long to export, and um, it crashes a lot. And I've just been working a lot, and 
I haven't had time to export the video. I, I pretty much every other day I try to export it and leave my computer on after work and it's just not working. However, if there is a will, there is a way. And let me just let you know that we will have that video up very, very soon. Let's just say we have some other equipment coming our ways. And uh, thank you for the people who made that possible. So be on the lookout for the Win Nikki podcast on YouTube. You could get it. You can listen to it on all podcasts and platforms, and soon we'll have it released for YouTube as well. So just be on the lookout for that, and it's going to be very interesting. I know for a fact that you all will like it a lot. It's a good interview. Uh, I think we're going to soon fix our audio issues that we've had with some of our in-studio podcasts with some editing techniques to make it uh make it easier to listen to and more enjoyable and yeah listen we're about to hit 2023 one of the biggest goals i have and talked with my partner in this is that we need to start upgrading our equipment as we are in our third year doing this we need to upgrade our equipment i hope soon to upgrade our camcorders into legitimate cameras Maybe some DSLRs or what have you. But regardless, we just need cameras that shoot in higher definition, that have legitimate microphones. And again, soon we will have better cameras for our in-studio podcasts. Now, to fix the audio issues that we have had before with the in-studio podcast that's just going to be fixed through editing and using the audio we make on our audio software so i don't want to bore you too much with this stuff but bottom line equipment is getting upgraded we're doing alternative plans to make the listening experience more enjoyable for you especially watching when you watch our in-studio podcasts on youtube and yeah, just wait and see what we have in store. We have a lot of good in-studio podcasts coming up in the next couple of weeks. So let's get to it with that uh, very, very soon. So it's going to be good. Very, very good. Again, now back to this. Let's talk NFL. Let's talk about the week before from the horrendous Jets loss to a very hard to accept Giants loss to a quarterback showing why he's one of the best to ever do it on Sunday night, to a team on Monday night that may finally get the recognition it deserves as a top team in the NFL, specifically in in the NFC. And there's many more storylines to include with that. And it's going to be a good show. So let's kick off your Thanksgiving weekend with some incredible analysis good vibes, and most importantly, entertainment. So let's get to it. Let's talk about Week 11 in the NFL with our normal crew, Alex Ranelio, Alex Young, Brian McKeon, Desmond Price. Let's talk about Week 11, and uh, stay tuned after to check out Ramblin' Russ's picks after that. So let's get to it. Let's bring the panel out. Let's bring the crew here, and let's talk Week 11 in the NFL. Alex, Alex, Brian, Desmond, your guy's turn once again. Let's get to it. This is a very productive conversation. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. And before 
football really revs up both on a college and professional level. We have some big games to reflect on because this was one weird week in the NFL. And as we look into some into three big games on Thanksgiving Day and then huge, huge implications for the future on Sunday, we have to get to it with the best guys around. Brian, Alex, Alex, Desmond are here. Hey, guys, what's up? How are we doing, everyone? Hey, everybody. What's going on? Glad to be back. It was a crazy week. Really crazy. So um, let's get to it right away, boys. I mean, there was a lot going on, and obviously we're going to hit all of it. But let's talk about one thing. Common theme. One week we are impressed by them. This week, this past week, we were not. They took huge step backwards. The New York Jets and the Patriots played each other in what on paper looked like a stellar defensive game, but ultimately it was two teams that are lost uh, trying to figure themselves out, and it ultimately leads to Bill Belichick beating the Jets once again. And um, this was a really, really, really bad game for the Jets to kill your momentum. And your season's not over yet, but this was a bad one, especially losing on a close two walk-off punt return. Punt return for a touchdown. I mean, obviously the big the uh, guy who has to be discussed is Zach Wilson in this. Zach Wilson seems to be the one person holding the Jets back. Everything is working for them. Their offense is stellar with legit weapons. Running game's pretty good. Even with the absence of Brees Hall, Michael Carter, James Robinson still have talent to uh, make big strides. They have arguably a top five, if not top three, if not the top defense in the NFL, especially when you have a top pass rusher in there, Quinn and Williams, uh, arguably the best defensive back in the league, Sauce Gardner. And um, even their coaching, which has been criticized, are keeping the team together. But ultimately, it's your quarterback. There has been one thing that has said throughout the entire history of professional football. You don't have a quarterback in your league. You can't win unless you have a defense that is world-renowned. And that's rarely happened. Look at 85 Bears, 01 Ravens. And as I mentioned, the Jets defense is good. But Zach Wilson... Zach Wilson, when he and his offense are responsible for literally just an average of a few inches, you can't win. And um, at this moment of this recording, the Jets aren't committing him as a starting quarterback. So as I said, as we mentioned here, Zach Wilson is the one to discuss here. And um, as we're on the brink of finding out if they're going to start him against the Bears this Sunday, I'm going to ask you guys at this point, Week 11, 6-4, you were a game away from going to first place. Now you are in last place again, but still in the hunt for it. Do you play the second overall pick last year, Zach Wilson, or do you look at your other options than Joe Flacco and Mike White? I think you have to look at other options. Um, the entire season, I've been a big critic of uh, Zach Wilson just because you know he hasn't shown his worth for that second overall pick and i really think that you know mike white or joe flacco will give another option to them just because they're veterans flacco has the pedigree to understand how to read a defense and make plays even though he is a statue and takes a ton of sacks it's a lot better than you know 
Zach Wilson taking a ton of sacks and then just completely throwing a ghost on the field. So I think they have to make a change also just for the locker room after his comments, after this game on saying he took no blame for it when that's right. Yeah. You can't average three inches of play. So he definitely, he definitely should get benched um, just for that, for his accountability. You know, you're supposed to be a leader. You know, you want to be a captain as your quarterback and you're not taking the accountability. Yes. That was one thing I did forget to mention the, uh, the asinine, you, the asinine comments of not taking ownership. And now we see NFL journalists trying to show stories of doing the opposite of what he did. Justin Fields apologized to the Bears defense, allegedly. Um, I know Josh Allen has held accountability, but Zach Wilson, not the case. What else, guys? Are you cutting the bait? Is there anybody here who would say keep Je- keep Zach Wilson, make him start, have him start this week, but maybe on a short leash? Uh, I would say start him, but yeah, I would have him on a very, very short leash. Um, like Brian said, the uh, accountability aspect of this was the thing that bothered me the most. That defense kept them in the game the entire game. It took a walk-off punt return to lose that game. Mm-hmm. In the second half, that offense was inept. Um, I think you start him, you see how those first two drives are. And if there is nothing going on, you put Mike White in. I'm not the Flacco person. I know there's some Jets fans that are saying put Flacco in. No, I think you see what Mike White has. He's shown success in the league before. Um, you know, I know he was banged up in that Bills game last year, and you know he threw interceptions and stuff. Um, but I think you see what Mike White has. But you have to put Zach uh, on a very short leash um, and show, like you know, if he makes mistakes early, you have to make him capable. Sit him on the bench. Make him, you know, think what he did um, because. You can't say those comments after a game. You lose the locker room so fast. And if you lose that locker room, you're going to be quickly out of a starting role uh, in anywhere in the league. Um, So I I say start him, but he's definitely on on a short leash for me. I'm going to say that I I would prefer to start Mike White just to simply send a message, you know, right out of the gate and kind of have that reclamation project start already. I think that Zach Wilson has um, been kind of, um, hampered by his shortcomings throughout the season thus far. And, um, you know, his defense and his run game has really uh, been bolstering and holding him up, uh, propping him up. So for him to really, like, you know, turn on the on the team and not hold any accountability, he has to understand that the leadership position is top-down. And if you're not going to be an extension of the organization and having that accountability, I think that the, the coach has to take the ultimate authority when – of course, as you guys know, Robert Sala's job is just as much on the line as well. And if he doesn't take this uh, opportunity to, to kind of bring the reins in, um, it could look just as bad on him as well. So I would just try to send the message and start Mike White for the sake of um, letting Zach Wilson know just how expendable he may be. He has the lowest uh, completion percentage in the NFL at 55%. That's below Baker Mayfield. That's below people like you know Colt McCoy. I mean, that, that's below everybody. And so, I mean, yeah, you can have you know it might seem a little like um like a little reactionary because they did just beat the Bills the previous week. So that like so you're thinking to yourself like oh we'll give this guy a little bit of a chance. But I think if you look at the entire body of his work, the Jets aren't winning because of him. They're winning in spite of him. Like he is not actually adding to their success. You could make the argument that they would be eight and two right now if 
they had another quarterback in there who, who's on their roster. They could put Mike White in there. They could get better production. They could put Joe Flacco in there, who's not a great quarterback. But you don't need a great quarterback with this defense. You just need a quarterback yeah. who can get a couple scores a game. On top of that, the Jets missed out on getting someone like at the trade deadline, I think, just as like a backup for backup sake, because he's been struggling all year. They could have went after Gardner Minshew. Philadelphia would have traded him, I think. So I, I think – the time for Zach Wilson might be coming to an end, but I also believe that the offensive coordinator needs to go in New York um, because there's other floor. There's other well, Matt LaFleur is the, is that who the offensive coordinator is right now? In New is York? It Mike or um, Matt? I always oh, get mixed see, up. I, I got a confused. It's yeah. all right. Offensive coordinator LaFleur though. I thought Matt LaFleur was the head coach for the Packers, but yeah, you're yeah, right. Matt, uh, you're he's right. the head coach of the Excuse Packers. Me. I think it's Mike. Is it yeah. Mike? Mike yes. LaFleur is the Jets offensive coordinator. Yes, here, so he's got to go. apologize for that. He's got to go because there's other mediocre quarterbacks in the league who are doing a lot better. There's another one who shares the same stadium as them. So, I mean, <laughs> they they need to do better from an offensive scheme standpoint. I would get rid of the offensive coordinator and I would keep Zach Wilsh on a very short lease. They're facing a depleted Bears team this this week. Their defense is struggling. Justin Fields is probably not going to play. So, I mean, I would start him, but if he struggles in the first quarter, I would yank him and put Flacco in. Yes, Excellent points from you, gentlemen. And uh, Brian has technical difficulties. We should see him back soon. But bottom line here is you, the Jets are lucky to have a weaker opponent, especially on defense, as Desmond mentioned. So you could do this experimentation. Again, I don't, I'm not in Robert Sala's shoes, but we're very, we are very intrigued to see how he handles this from here on out. But this is the game to experiment and do it. And if it doesn't work, especially with the defense playing well and playing healthy, just if had injuries on the offensive side, then um, then it, this this is it. As we know, the leash is short in the NFL, and um, especially this team is a win now team. You got to give credit to Joe Douglas, the GM, what he's been able to pull off, but maybe his pride is just that one quarterback and that could def- still define his entire GM career. So um, this is it for the Jets. This is this is your season on the line, even though we said that before, but this is really it for a morale, a PR, and, um, and just a winning standpoint. So I want to say one more thing before I move on. Yeah. I think if the Jets lose this week, that it might actually be a, a full just like snowball effect of a, a, a season collapse for them. Because if you lose to a Bears team who has a terrible defense at home with no Justin Fields, I feel like you just complete the locker room will just like give up. Yeah, I, I think they would just pack it in for the season, especially with the wins you already gathered. So you're going to have to pick in the middle of the draft. And then all the questions that were, it's I mean, it might be for another day to talk for the future of the Jets. If you are going to get a veteran quarterback after the fact, um, I mean, you might have to, especially if you're drafting in the middle of the draft. So the middle of the but first they round, might have, they might get a new GM, though, because remember, Douglas now whiffed on. What should have been their franchise quarterback? So yep. they might do a, re- a whole regime change too if this season really snowballs. So that's what we could talk about, like what happens to future Jets. But there's a lot of implications this week, honestly, for this Jets team. It's going to be really interesting to see that game. Jeez, yeah. So it's, it's going to be a very, a very fun one indeed. And um, 
you know, Joe Beningo, he says it best. This was not a brutal loss. It was a cruel and unusual one. And um, I think this season would be just cruel and unusual for the Jets. Because at least for no offense, Alex, with your team, you get a high draft pick to look forward to. Or the Lions or the Panthers. This team would be in a bad position for a team that became a win-now team only to have a upset locker room and a bad draft pick. But that's football for you. Now, um, it's fair to uh, say it now because I made fun of all your team last week. But now we have to talk about the other team in Alex's too. With the Giants and the Lions, a catastrophe, if you want me to put it. Now, to be fair, people thought it was a trap game. People thought it was going to be hard. So was the loss surprising? Um, I don't know if surprising is the word because it could have gone either way, but it's still a uh, – what, what was bad about it is the injuries that took mm-hmm. place, which makes it a catastrophe, and the realization that if Saquon has a bad game, this team is in major trouble. Like, that is now – especially now, Wondell Robinson, right? Yep. You know, we, we just drafted him. He had looked like he had some potential. He had a career uh, game. Yeah, only to uh, get injured on the pool that is known as the MetLife Turf. And I know they're going to replace it next year, so that's not year too late dwelling now. But yeah, year too late. And um, then we have a Dory Jackson getting hurt on special teams. Now this is one of the few criticisms you can give the Dayball coaching staff on why are you having him return mm. instead of like a Darius Slayton or whomever. And now we have a major defensive back hurt and. Um, Daniel Jones with the turnovers coming back. That's what makes this more of a catastrophe. So it was a very ugly game for Big Blue. And now the season is a uh, now. Re- I mentioned this last week, but it is really hitting should hit us now is the fact that, wow, this schedule getting really tough and we're really losing important players with it. It's going to be we're going to really have to earn that playoff spot, you know, as I said, four division games ahead, which include two against Philly, two against Washington. We have Dallas on Thursday, then the Colts. But uh, you know that that's not until the sec the, the last game of the year. So really bad. I'll give it to Alex, the other Giants fan here. Um, how are you feeling about this tough loss, and especially the future moving forward? Uh, I was there. Yeah, as you guys know, I've seen tickets to the Giants, so. Uh, I went there. Um, nice. It was. How was tough. the vibe in that place? <laughs> it started off great. It was great. Everyone was excited. Uh, pretty, pretty full for the most part. Um, you know, but a typical December game in MetLife. It's cold. Not a lot of people show out. But at first, the vibe was good. Uh, everyone was excited going to this game. It should have been a a, a, a fun game for the Giants. Um, but then it quickly fell apart. Uh, you know, right after Daniel got the touchdown. You know, we thought. Times are changing, but, you know, you can go back on the tape. I told, I said this before, you know, I always get nervous when Saquon gets bottled up and what the Giants can do. Like this is, and the Lions came, I know they have a a shaky defense, but they can put up points and they did that and they bottled up Saquon and then you forced the ball into Daniel's hands and he showed that, you know, everyone's worst fear is that he just couldn't figure anything out. And then uh, he couldn't get into the offense he's comfortable in, so he started pressing. And then once that first pick happened to Hutchinson, or if he got tackled in the 30, I knew the game was a wrap. 
Um, <laughs> I just had a feeling that it wasn't going to go our way. Um, just the, the first drive for, for the Lions, they were just rushing the ball well. Um, you know, people were wide open um, for the most part off play action. So uh, it was just a tough game. Uh, my dad, me and my dad, and it was my younger sister. We left midway through the third. Um, I think it was after the second pick um, mm-hmm. because we just saw the writing on the wall. And I know they fought at the end, but, you know, Saquon had a bad day. And now everyone kind of knows if you bottle up Saquon, you put the ball in the damage Jones hands, uh, he can try to beat us. But, you know, that defense showed out. Uh, I know they're uh, not the best defense, but they showed up. Uh, they made the, the necessary plays. They forced the Giants to the mistakes. The Giants defense going to stop them. Uh, then the injuries started piling up. Um, I hate the MetLife turf. I always have. Um, I can't wait for it to be uh, fixed. Uh, it's like when you said before, it's a year too late. Um, and now we have a bunch of injuries going up against this huge game in uh, Thanksgiving with a Cowboys team that just whooped the Vikings' ass. Yeah, And now we don't have our best corner and – our, our our rookie receiver who had a career day. Um, so it, it was a rough day all around. Um, I expected it. I saw it kind of coming. I saw the writing on the wall. Um, but now it's a little, you know, the, the, the highs of this giant season is now plateauing right now. And I think we're going to start trending downwards and we have to see, but um, yeah, it was a tough loss. Uh, it, and it wasn't, it wasn't a fun day uh, at MetLife for sure. Ugly. I- Absolutely ugly. You know, I'm not too, I'm not too, um, I guess, critical of this loss for the Giants. You know, I think I called the Lions when I thought it was going to be, it felt like a trap game. Mm. The Lions do have a good offense. Yeah. It's just, mm-hmm. they're just so just up and down with their consistency. Yeah. You just never know which version of the Lions is going to show up on any given day. But the Giants have been the same team all year. It's just a matter of, can you stop Saquon? And for the most part, most teams' answer has been no. But no one's been surprised by what the Giants are going to do on offense. You know what they're going to do every time you line up with them. Fortunately for them, the one thing that they are going to do, their identity, running with Saquon, is the one thing that the Cowboys are absolutely horrendous at, is stopping the run. So, I mean, if the Giants go down to Dallas this week and they rush it like 30, 40 times and they're able to keep it close... I think the Cowboys will fold under pressure because they always fold in these big primetime games. So I feel like this is actually kind of a toss-up when it comes to this Giants going down to Dallas thing. But the Giants need this game. They really do. They got to go down to Dallas and they got to win because if they don't, I feel like it could be another snowball effect for them. As you were noting earlier, they got games two against Washington, one against Philly. They're playing the Vikings at one o'clock Eastern. So we know that Kent and Kirk will show up for that mm-hmm. game. Um, yeah, you know, you, you got to get this win. Uh, but I, I I don't think that this game really showed us something that we didn't already know. I mean, you guys are both Giants fans, so maybe you're a little, you know, you're you're a little too glossy eye when it comes to Daniel Jones. Well, was, he's got to go. He's got to yeah. go. Well, <laughs> that's not a that's not a. Um, I don't disagree. I don't disagree. Yeah. You were saying, Alex. Oh, I was just going to kind of continue off Desmond's point. I think moving forward in the long term, I think Dayball is ultimately going to, you know, eventually draft his guy. And I know we kind of alluded to that with the conversation from weeks past. But I think in addition to what you guys said, which is Giants got away from what they do great, which is forcing turnovers, running it down your throat and, you know, third down critical 
you know, key play action plays with Daniel Jones. It's just, they, they got themselves in trouble. They turned the ball over. And when I look at Detroit, you know, um, because Desmond, you know, said it was a trap game. I mean, they played a clean game. They, they limited their penalties. They won time of possession. They didn't have a fumble or an interception. So I thought it was a really clean game on the, the side of Detroit as well to not give the giants anything easy as well. Yeah, uh, I was going to say real quick, uh, just looking at the injuries piling up for this Giants team, uh, looking like Noah Vanille, obviously, Aziz Ojalari has been hurt. Wanda Robinson, Shep's out for the year. Xavier McKinney, Ben Bredgerson, Aaron Robinson, Faber Moreau, Adora Jackson, Bellinger, and John Feliciano. All talented guys who have been impact players throughout this year all probably won't play for the Cowboys, uh, against the Cowboys, I should say. Uh, so, you know, that's where me and Matt are kind of nervous because the key players, the guys who've held it down for most this year, are now not going to be in this big matchup. Uh, so, yeah, uh, that's yeah. you know, like I said, I totally agree with you guys. Um, you know, I know we alluded a lot talking Daniel's future last week. Um, yeah, it is a little nerve wracking right now that that was a game where we're like, okay, they're bottling up Saquon, Daniel. Let's see what we can do, and he didn't really show up. Uh, he was. I'm oh, sorry, Alex. He was not. He was traditionally pretty efficient on third down and games passed as well. But yeah. he's just not going to cut it. No. no. You know, there's one more thing I want to add to this. Mm-hmm. The NFL needs to implement a second bye week. Like they, they really do. Oh, there's so yeah. so many injuries happening, and it's just a positive all around. You extend the NFL season one more week. You're going to lower the amount of injuries because people have more time to rest. I think they just got to do something a little bit extra for all these injuries taking place. I don't think just replacing, you know, the turf is going to be enough for some of these things. And also, uh, as I was saying that the Giants or that the Cowboys struggle in primetime games, I also want to note that Daniel Jones has never won a primetime game ever. Yeah. I wanted to do changes, but doubt it. I agree with Desmond, everything you just said about ha- implementing, you know, a second week to extend a second uh, buy for each team. But I do have to say that this has been a recurring issue with this field because I remember vividly in my mind that 2019 when San Francisco came to the Jets to play, mm-hmm. I think six starters in one game. And I was like, yeah. whoa, so I don't invest. They, uh, in <laughs> yeah, that was the game they lost. I think Solomon Thomas torn ACL. I think Bosa got hurt. I think Moster It'll, got hurt. Uh, yep. I think Garoppolo got banked up later in that game. Um, yeah, they filed, I think, a grievance or something with the NFL. Um, and then that's where <laughs> kind of the start of the MetLife turf yeah. issues where everyone started pouring in about it. Yeah. Yep. Time to go. Going to rip it up next season. Yep. But Alex said it's a year too late. Yeah. Um, Daniel Jones, if you want your contract extension, you're going to somehow win this important game that the whole country will be watching. If not, then um, all your criticisms about the turnovers occurring, not being able to throw the, a deep a deep ball, and um, yeah, there's so much on the line. And when we go with our rapid fire, we'll uh, preview the game a little more. But um, yes, this is do or die for the Giants, and um, this is one of the tough things to uh, be be so good ahead of schedule because it's going to lead to some big disappointments. But yet, it's the expectations for a reality with this roster. So, um, though we don't have them at the moment, we're going to have to move on with the Cowboys Vikings now, but we won't get a direct Viking fan perspective with it. Um, big primetime game, four o'clock, or I guess it was 430 technically. I see 
the Cowboys just manhandle the Vikings. And um, <laughs> now the Cowboys, I believe, were favored. Did anybody see them winning 40 to 3? No. And um, I mean, where everything works, Zeke comes back, plays well. Pollard has a great game. Um, Dak Prescott. You feel like, man, this guy, this guy can uh, do no wrong. Kirk Cousins has one of the uh, most mundane mid game ever at 105 yards, completing only 12 passes on 23 attempts. Dalvin Cook couldn't do much on the running game, and this game was so bad that they wound up going to the um, they wound up going to uh, um, Steelers and Bengals nationally. I had so much hope that this Vikings team specifically were going to really shut up the critics. Luckily, they're in a division that is just beating themselves up. But, um, I mean, we we joke about it, but I guess it really is true that Kirk Cousins will be amazing in a 1 p.m. game and bad at a primetime game, whether 4, 7, or 8. Like, guys... How how do you take this guy seriously if uh, he can't make these make these big get these big wins and at home? I mean, what do you do? I mean, that defense showed out though. Uh, I think what we all kind of said was if the Cowboys can get back to where they were, uh, which yeah. was just getting pressure on the quarterback and Kirk Cousins yeah. took some monster shots late in that game. I mean, he was getting like speared from people. Um, and I wasn't expecting that. Uh, I was expecting a more offensive battle, knowing that the Cowboys defense uh, were having some issues, but they were getting pressure. Um, you know, I, I was surprised. I thought Kurt would get over his primetime midday woes, um, but that whole time, it just looked like he just was uncomfortable um, in some of his decision-making and some of his reads. Um the offense coordinator made some weird decisions. I know they had like first and goal and didn't even hand the ball off to Dalvin Cook. I messaged my buddy. I'm like, why do the Vikings always forget that they have a Pro Bowl slash All Pro caliber running back? Yeah, in goal situations and in, in red zone situations, they like never hand him the ball. Um, and I think that kind of changed the tempo. They got the stop. You know, it was just, it was just. You know, everything. And then Tony Pollard showed out. Uh, you know, he's he's incredible to watch. Um, mm-hmm. He's earning his contract. But it was definitely an interesting game. Not what I expected. But, you know, uh, just seeing the uh, Cowboys defense just completely rattle the Vikings offense uh, was just kind of impressive for me. Yeah, I also think that a lot of this um, just came from momentum. Uh, you know, because look at the time of possession, for instance, the Cowboys doubled up the Vikings. So what you saw in the beginning of the game was Dallas was going on these long extended drives, keeping their offense out there, wearing down the Vikings defense. And then they just kept scoring and scoring. So when the Vikings would get back on offense, they were pressing and they weren't running the ball. So they kept having these short possessions, mm. which was allowing Dallas's defense just key off on them. Dalvin Cook has 11 rushes for the entire game against a team who was consistently giving up 200 yards of rushing per game as far as Dallas's defense was concerned. So I think Dallas just out coached and out just like schemed the Vikings to all hell. And by the time the Vikings even knew what the hell was going on, it was like 30 to three, you know, it, it was done. So I, I feel like Dallas won this game in the first half. They completely controlled the tempo and 
Yeah, I think more than anything, I know we're all focusing on Kirk Cousins, and I and I think it's fun to dogpile on him. So I'm, you know, I'll take my shots at him too. But I think Minnesota's head coach should be putting his head in the sand this week for really? mismanaging the hell out of this game. Yeah, I, I you know, I couldn't agree more with everything you guys said. I, I don't have much more to add to it. I felt like right out of the gate after the first quarter that this felt like a mulligan game for the Minnesota Vikings. Um, I think O'Connell, I think he got kind of um, totally dominated by the end of the first half. I thought that there was really not much of a chance coming out into the second half too. Um, after the, especially particularly after that first turnover right out of the second half that um, they had any chance, um, at, you know, in this game. I thought that they just, you know, Dallas ran down their throat. They dominated time of possession. They had, um, you know, everything clicking on offense. I mean, they were even 12-17 on third down, which is actually kind of unorthodox for Dallas because, as Brian mentioned in, you know, in the last episode, they're really not um, a historically great team on third down. There's a lot of uh, missed opportunities, particularly when you look back at that Green Bay game just a week ago. So I think that, you know, this is one of those where it's like, Barry, throw the tape away if you're Minnesota. Um I don't think – I mean, I understand that this may be a future um, matchup in the NFC uh, playoffs, but um, I think they just kind of got overwhelmed by the moment. I don't think it's too much to read and react, um, you know, to go too far astray from their identity as a team. Tough day for Minnesota. Absolutely tough. But you know who had a great day? And uh, I think now he's unanimous, unanimously the MVP if the season ended today. But um, Patrick Mahomes leads the ch- Chiefs into a comeback victory over the Chargers. And yeah, like I said, Mahomes, I think he's his number one best quarterback, hands down. Jo- with Josh Allen having some missteps in the past few weeks, reckon he won this week. Um, he's not it. Tua's had a great season, but he's not it. Mahomes is number one. He lost his best receiver and has only gotten better. And you got to give credit there. Great comeback from him and his team. And um, I think the Chiefs are the new favorite in this entire league to win the Super Bowl. That's what they really proved on Sunday night. So the Chiefs, guys, we agree. That's the team to look out for. This is their title to take at this point. Reckon um some dumb decisions by LA, of course, that helped yeah. them. But um, like I said, this team this team is hard to beat. The Chiefs are a very hard team to beat. I mean, they have had losses. Some I lost to the Colts, but um, the Chiefs uh, they're they're one dominant football team. So before we go macro and and assess this team in terms of how far they're going to go down the stretch of the season, I want to kind of just talk about this game a little bit first. Um, I thought that the uh, the most glaringly obvious thing was the costly fourth quarter turnover for the Chargers. I, mm-hmm. I thought that changed the tide um, going down the stretch. Um, you can see the difference in the offense with Chargers with Keenan Allen versus without even with just one guy, let alone Mike Williams back as well. You know, at full health, um, I thought that him going five for ninety four was a big advantage. It kind of gave them a kick in the ass on offense that they were missing the past few weeks. Um, you know, Herbert was efficient. I just thought that, you know, Chargers being, you know, um, just shooting themselves in the foot and just keeping situations is just kind of what led more to the Kansas City win than anything else. I thought Mahomes still had a great game, even though he could have been a little more efficient. Um, I, I do think that this is the best team in the AFC f- per this week. 
Um, I still like to see more from Baltimore, from Cincinnati, and from Buffalo and how they bounce back down the rest of this, the stretch of the season. But if we're just doing a Week 12 assessment, I would put Kansas City at the top of the hierarchy for the AFC as we speak. And I will say, too, that another um, thing that was really um, amazing for me was Spagnuolo's defense. Five big sacks on Herbert getting pressure, um, you, you know, something that wasn't talked about going into this this game was the Chargers offensive line, but they really got exposed in this game. AFC looks kind of deep to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if, if focus on the on the oh, macro. Yeah. yeah. So when you say like the Chiefs are the clear cut favorites, I don't buy that at all. I think there's four other teams in the AFC who could on even come into Kansas City and win that game. Miami, Buffalo, uh, Cincinnati, and Tennessee. I think they could all go into Kansas City and win those games. Uh, so, Patrick Mahomes, pure MVP. I'm not. I'm not quite so uh, sold on that yet either. I think Tua might actually have something to say about that before the year's over. The Dolphins have looked unstoppable with him, like at quarterback, the last like five or six weeks here. So, um, yeah, Chiefs are a great team. They've been a great team. They're. They've only won one championship in the last couple of years, but they are, in my opinion, on like a dynasty run right now. Um, Patrick Mahomes has been to the AFC championship game every single year that he's uh, been the starter for the full season. They'll probably be back there again this year. Uh, yeah. I mean, if anyone doubts the chiefs they're that's just foolish. I mean, I, I expect them to be in the AFC championship game again this year. I still think Buffalo gets there, but it might be in Miami. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I agree with Desmond. Uh, I think AFC is deep. I think there's teams that can definitely um, beat Kansas City. Um, and that's why I think it's fun, uh, especially this year on both sides. Like, I, I don't think there, for any of us, we have a clear cut like this team's winning the Super Bowl. I think there's a handful of teams, which is like something we, we haven't really seen in, in, in a while, right? Like, we like, okay, the Rams are probably most likely going to walk away with the title, they, you know, whatever, or the Chiefs or whoever. But this year, it's like, there's a good amount of teams that can fight for a title, which I think is going to be exciting. Um, and just watching this game, yeah, I think the Chargers really kind of shot themselves in the foot late um, at times. They just gave up kind of some uh, some easy things here and there, some sacks and stuff. Um, and just the Chiefs took advantage of that, which is what Mahomes is going to do. If you keep him in a game, he is going to find a way to win. And great teams do that. Uh, and also, I just have to, because Jersey person here, I uh, just have to give a shout out to Rutgers star Isaiah Pacheco. I'm very uh, happy for him. Uh, seventh round pick. I got to see him in college. Was a tremendous back over at Rutgers. I'm happy to see him succeed at the NFL level. Uh, me and my fiance's dad always talked about him. He was texting me like, Pacheco's got Mike. He's breaking out of camp. He's going to be on this team. And I'm like, he's pretty solid. So the rich get richer uh, in Kansas City because we thought they lost Tyreek Hill. And we thought, okay, their offense is might not be the same, but they found Isaiah Pacheco. They said Clyde Oswald-Hilaire. Uh, uh, Kelsey's so obviously great. Uh, Juju, before his concussion, was playing really well. Uh, Miko Hardman, they have a bunch of talent still. So that's why I think a lot of people are looking at this chief team being like, they could do it because if you keep them in games like Mahomes just saw, they'll find ways to win. And if that comes playoffs where you give them a chance, they're going to take an opportunity to run with it. And that's why I think everyone thinks they're going to have a deep run coming this postseason. And you have great coaching one amendment as well. that I want to put in there. If Odell Beckham Jr. goes to the Chiefs, which it seems like he's going to sign with somebody in the next week, I think that puts them in the fear in the clear like favorite status. Mm, probably. I could see him going to the Cowboys though, but if he goes to the Chiefs, I think a lot of people are going to say it seems like he's narrowed he it down has. between like the Cowboys, the Chiefs, and the Bills. So I mean, he's, 
The Giants were like, I think if they won this week, he might have considered the Giants a little he bit. He can't more. go there. Daniel Jones can't get him the football. <laughs> that's you what I was saying. That's you the thing need... with no deep pass. <laughs> you know, but but that, that's the thing, though. People forget. Eli couldn't throw the deep ball when Odell was there. He just had him on slants, and Odell just ran into the house every time. <laughs> it was insane what he would do. I watched all Odell's game when he was a Giant. You just put him on a slant, get him the ball in space, and he would take it 60, 70 yards that house. Right. 40, he made the best catches. out of a bad situation. Yes. But if you're telling me that, like, you get to choose, you, you're a free agent, oh, you get to oh, choose yeah. between choose Daniel Jones, uh, Dak Patrick Prescott, Mahomes, yeah. Josh Allen, and Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. I'm sorry, Daniel. Yeah. I ain't going back. It's, 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 good, good how, about, uh, how about Baltimore just as a wild card? Mm. Oh, he's not going there. I, I I don't know if he's going to go there because I I think he's he's at the phase of his career now where he wants to – and that's why I'm saying the Giants are now kind of out here. But I think he just wants to go to a team that has limited shot. I mean, I could see him go to the Ravens and they still have a chance to win. But if he goes to like a Kansas City or a Buffalo or even Dallas, uh, a lot of people look at them as Super Bowl teams, right? So he's just trying to right. find the place where he thinks he can – win another ring and if he has to pick between those three i think those are kind of the teams not all people are talking about ravens winning super bowl a lot of people are talking about the other three you know fighting for a ring but i do i think i do think that picking up roquan smith was a huge kind of um you know that was a huge signal to the rest of the afc that we're here to play too hmm. yeah i'm not i'm not discounting the ravens i think the ravens are going to do extremely well i just think if you're looking at quarterback talent like desmond was saying oh for sure you you will probably pick up Mahomes or right. Josh Allen over yeah. Lamar, even though Lamar is fantastic. But yeah. Lamar doesn't throw to his wide receivers enough. Yeah, he is in love with throwing it to Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews has his eye. It feels like he doesn't want to look for anyone else. You know, he just has him on the quick outs. Just a, he he was know, like post boom. I got you. He yeah. treats Andrews the way that Rodgers treated Devontae Adams last year. I would hate to be a wide receiver in Baltimore personally. <laughs> Yeah, that's why I think you want to make be a good fit there because of because he as Desmond mentioned he want to get the ball a lot. You know, speaking of the contemporaries though, the Bills got snow. Bills and Browns get snowed out, and uh, they move the game to Detroit. They almost pull, I think, close to a full sellout, and um, it leads to a close thirty-one to twenty-three game. With the Bills winning, not hitting that cover, but they um, get the victory against Cleveland. And um, Josh Allen, the one thing to point out here, it was a, a this was a game that was, uh, despite them winning, Josh Allen didn't have that explosive Josh Allen performance that maybe you're used to seeing at only 197 yards, one touchdown and uh, 18 completions over 27 passes. Devin Singletary runs it. They, um, you know, we had, we had, um, we had Knox have a good game playing the tight end position and whether this was a result of a weird practice schedule week with everything going on and what, what have you, um, Regardless, the Bills get a big win after a tough loss the week prior. So, again, as we mentioned this and looking at it on a macro sense with the Bills right now, they're they're seven and three, and yet, um, again, people thought at this point they'd be more nine and one, eight and two, but um, 
and for this game that was a little too close for comfort um i don't think it was a game to um bounce back to think like these are the bills again and they're going to play detroit on a short week this well as well um on thanksgiving afternoon so what do we say here with the bills again you have a game that hey if the hey this this lions team i think can pull it off i mean I think the Bills are favorites for a reason, but, you know, they're on a hot winning streak right now. They uh, have some good momentum going. Again, they're more healthy than usual um, than um, before. So we have the Bills have a tough matchup. Well, okay, they have a game that could go either way against Detroit. And after this game that was too close for Cleveland and the weeks prior, can the Bills get momentum back? as a huge favorite for the rest of the season. <laughs> Excuse me. You want to go first, Alex? Yeah, I can go. I, uh, there's still, I feel something off with Josh Allen right now. And I think it's just kind of his elbow. Right. And mm-hmm. I think he's really just trying to push through it, which is why we're not seeing, you know, the bills offense click on all cylinders. I think that's they, an excellent point. They rushed over 20 plus times. Which is, I know, I know, and if you look at their stats, both running backs had great days. I mean, Singletary eighteen for eighty six and a touchdown. James Cook eleven for eighty six, no touchdowns, but at almost eight yards a carry. But you're looking at their passing attack. Dawson Knox was a leading receiving leader, seven for seventy yards. Stephon Diggs was four for forty eight yards. Stephon Diggs is usually easily eighty plus yards receiving. In the game, right? Especially against, and I know he had to deal with the Denzel Ward with Cleveland and stuff like that. Uh, and then and Cleveland's defense is okay. But I just feel like there's, like I said, something off still with Allen. Um, maybe he uses Detroit as his way to get back and, and level things out. Um, but I, I think they're just trying to battle through right now and try to just keep things limited for Josh with this elbow injury, because we don't really have heard the specifics of how severe it is. Mm -hmm. Um, And I feel like they're just going to be like, all right, we can rely on our defense and hopefully Josh can get us the points needed for us to win games and not have to exert a lot of effort on his elbow. But, um, but yeah, I think this is a game uh, looking at at this game on on a short week, uh, I think is going to be telling on what the bills are going to be maybe in the future, Um, because if they're just going to try to go back to the run and limit Josh Allen, I think that changes the dynamic of what we think of this Bills team because we know them as a high-powered offense. And against Cleveland, we're expecting that. And they, they, you know, kind of got out of that game. Uh, It was a little too close. It was a lot closer than I thought it was going to be. Plus, and don't forget, with the pressure of them being in the best division, if not the NFL, NFL, definitely at least the AFC. So they don't have games to experiment no. with. And especially with Miami, who is a heavy favorite in this conference, um, as Desmond mentioned, this is, they're in a tough spot. And if this was only a few weeks earlier, maybe you do sit Josh Allen for a few weeks to get that elbow 100% ready. But we're about to be in December, and we know how important December games are. And... Um, we'll see what uh mr allen has in store but desmond i see you're you're antsy to give us a great take what's up with you i wouldn't say i'm antsy i I am (laughs) i would say that i um i have stefan diggs on my fantasy team 
So I, I had a, I was wondering what the hell was going. I lost my game by six points this week. Mm. And so I was directly looking at oh, Josh oh, Allen oh, being oh, like, oh. why aren't you getting Stefan Diggs? Damn. Oh, that's my man. And he didn't hold up 20 points a week. Easy. When Story I was watching that game, I was, you know, cutting across like that game to other games. The one thing I kept noticing was Josh Allen wasn't really going through progressions. Yeah, He was kind of just staring down like either Gabe Davis or Dawson Knox. He wasn't like going, like looking side to side on the field. And a part of me is wondering if, you know, some of the, like the mental aspects of the game are really kind of like what's hindering him right now, because like physically he doesn't look like he's bothered by that elbow injury, but it does seem like he's kind of like in a funk as far as like decision-making is concerned. And after this lions game, they got three division games in a row. And what you just mentioned is the best division in football right now. Now, thankfully for them, two of them are at home, but you still have to face the Patriots, Jets, and Dolphins back to back to back. They all have great defenses. And I don't know. I'm actually wondering which version of Josh Allen we're going to get. Because as we know, in these one score games in recent years, he's what, two and nine? Mm-hmm. And so if you're going up against great defenses and you continuously are showing that you're kind of shook in these moments where the games get tight, you know, I mean, he has a lot of talent, but, you know, maybe it's a little bit mental, um, you know, in, in some degree to why the to why there's some inconsistency with this team. Yeah. Next week's New England game is a primetime game as well, which is going to be even, even bigger um, on a short week. Once again, after three weeks of travel, um, that starts to wear on a team that's particularly banged up in their secondary as well. Um, yeah. I mean, I have a lot of concerns with this team. Um I thought that the most impressive stat for Buffalo was just reducing Chubb for 14 of 19 yards. Mm. Uh, I thought that was tremendous, particularly when you consider, you know, how, how lethal this run game is for Cleveland. Um, I think that there's a lot of questions to be answered continuously with Buffalo and mm. with Cleveland. It's kind of w- what we expected. Um, we know that the season was kind of a mail-in once we heard, you know, uh, the commissioner with Deshaun Watson. So there's not much more to say there, but, uh, you know, they, they're going to have a grueling six, you know, six remaining weeks because, you know, Cincinnati is going to be a tough game as well, uh, in addition to the three uh, uh, division games. So um, it just depends on what we get from Josh Allen. Yeah, and it won't be easy playing in Chicago on Christmas Eve either. I mean, that fan base is real and it's going to be cold as hell. Cold as hell. <laughs> Potential yeah. great DVD in the making, but... Uh, I guess Buffalo, if they if this doesn't work out, they, they really are a cursed franchise. Um, but again, we have we still have weeks to go before we can actually make that as- assessment. But Buffalo, all in all, get a win, even though it feels like they didn't. Honestly, the way we're talking about it, and not much said with Cleveland. We'll talk about them a lot in two weeks when uh, Deshaun Watson returns. Desmond, your Eagles were at one point in the fourth quarter down. Three to thirteen to three to this Colts team. They ultimately pull it off. Jalen Hurts, uh, late touchdown run gives them the slim victory, six seventeen to sixteen. <laughs> oh man! While the Colts with the while the Colts are just playing good football with Jeff Saturday so far. Two games in, one and one, and they've kept it competitive. But at one any point, Desmond, did you feel that uh, the Colts were going to pull this off against your Eagles team, and they would have two losses in a row after winning their first eight in a, in a row? I'm a realistic Eagles fan. You know, I never 
I don't go into any games thinking that like, you know, like, oh, we definitely have to win this game because I've been an Eagles fan my whole life. And that includes the years we continuously choked in the NFC championship game three years in a row. So, I mean, like, yeah, those were those were tough years, man. Those tough years. But no, to answer your question directly, I I was watching this game kind of in disbelief because the defense like did a complete 180 basically after like the first like couple drives and they were able to finally kind of like plug up Jonathan Taylor a little bit, stop the run. Our two new defensive tackles we picked in. We're definitely yeah. kind of like keeping the Colts run game contained. So I was like, great. The defense has showed up. Now we just need the offense to just do what they always do. And they didn't do what they always do. They kept just like going three and out. We're just having bad possessions. Um, another, uh, another fumble by AJ Brown this week. So, I mean, uh, Thankfully, they pulled it out in the fourth quarter, but there were definitely times in that game where I, I thought we were going to choke, and it was making me a little worried because, you know, when you get a couple of losses in a row, sometimes it can just kind of, like, deter your whole season. So I'm glad we found a way to win, but I am a little nervous going into this Packers game. I'm thankful that we actually have this game at home because I think the Eagles kind of – they kind of just need to get back to what they do best on offense, running the ball. Got away from that too much the last few games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, luckily um, you had a defense that was able to get after it too that kind of helped put pressure down the stretch and kind of condense those drives for uh, for Indianapolis. Um, I thought that, you know, this was kind of a Herculean game for, for Jalen Hurts. I don't think we've had kind of a standout, um, you know, kind of resolve from him in a second half of a game. Um, I thought that, you know, in addition to, you know, both defenses being exceptional, I thought that the, the, the Colts – costly penalties down the stretch of this game was really, really devastating. Eight for 90 yards just in this game alone. And I thought that they just looked a little too undisciplined, um, which may be a feather in the cap for Philadelphia as well. But um, it's definitely a scare game. Um, I don't think it should have been as close as it was, particularly with Jeff Saturday's second game in the books. Um, And I think Desmond's right. I think this will be a time for the team to get back to their identity as they play home against Green Bay next week. Yeah, uh, I was going to say I completely agree with both of you. Uh, for some reason, I was, you know, I, I was walking back from the tunnel from the Giants game being like, please, Colts, win this game. Because, like, <laughs> I was like, if if the Eagles lose and then the Cowboys lose, then, like, the Giants wouldn't have lost too much, right? Like, they wouldn't have moved, lost a lot of position. Mm-hmm. And then I got an alert on my phone, like, you know, Hurts – throws whatever does the game winning thing. and i was like you gotta be kidding me i was like come on jeff i was like one time i want you to do something for us you can't uh as a giants fan but yeah it was it was looking at the game uh going into it i was like oh this is easy for the the eagles and they just struggled out of the gate um and i think yeah i think this packers game is going to be uh hopefully a fun one for us giants fans um you know Maybe, you know, the Packers can get their revenge on an NFC East team. Um, but no, uh, yeah, it was just definitely was not what I was expecting. Um, and I think the Eagles just need to really focus on um, getting back to what was working great uh, early in the year, which was doing uh, running and, and then, you know, taking their shots with their passing. Um, they need to go back to that. And uh, I think this is the week uh, against the uh, leaky Packers defense as we've seen this year. I think this is the, the game that they can try to figure out um, getting back into the balance offense that worked well earlier this year. Yeah, I think the last thing I want to say about it is that 
they, you know, the Packers, which we ha- we haven't talked about them yet. They, I thought they, you know, they they lost the game to Tennessee, but I thought that they seem like they're getting a little more cohesive on offense. I'm mm-hmm. a little worried about what they're going to bring to it, coming off of a mini buy, so they've had extra time to prepare for us. But, you know, I I think that the Eagles do the best when they're more balanced. And I, and I think that, you know, Sirianna is going a little too pass heavy recently. And I think if we can just bring that back closer to a 50, 50 split, I think that's where we're the most dangerous when we're able to kind of like control the tempo of the game. But, you know, we'll kind of see how that, uh, how that goes going forward. And you have a, you have a, a great running back by committee team there as well. Miles Saunders is pretty legit. Um, I think and, it's the offensive line, man. I really feel. I think we have like, mm. if not the best, one of the best offensive lines in the league. And I think, you know, you basically you put some explosive people back behind a line like that. And yeah, we should be able to dominate most teams. Right. Absolutely. And listen, this is a team that has to get some recognition is the Washington Commanders. Taylor Heineke is clearly the guy in Washington now. He's no longer the backup to Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz is his backup. And, you know, no, see you later, Carson Wentz. We're not going to see you as a starting quarterback anymore. Um, Now he's four and one starting this season. The defense shows that they have. the, the Washington defense shows that they can not only score, but they can hold teams. Now, I get it. They beat a Houston team that is terrible, but they at least show that they can, um, but they at least show that they have the makings of something here, even if they could be a sneak team in this playoffs. And another reason why, as a Giants fan, these games are important because this Washington team is, is serious. And they have two solid backs in Robinson and Gibson. And um, I mean, there's a lot to be excited for in Washington right now. And this team's good. And especially having a good coach around Rivera. Um I think this team has to be taken more seriously. Do you guys agree with me or do you think I'm, as the kids say, bugging? No, uh, I think this is a a show out game for the commanders. I think we know, um, you know, offensively uh, they've been shaky, um, but Heineke's come in and he's done his job. Um, And he did it so well that Wentz is probably done as a starter, like you said, Matt, in the NFL. Um, mm-hmm. because they are not going to go back to Wentz unless Heineke completely fumbles everything. Um, and he's been solid. Um, and I think, you know, down the stretch here, they have a shot like to make the playoffs, which I don't think a lot of us expected, um, especially early on this year. Um, but if things are swinging in their direction right now and they just activated Chase Young onto a defense that looked really, really good against the Texans. Um, you know, they were scored. Yes, and that's they were a huge, huge yeah. thing to get back. And they just got Chase Young, who we all know is a devastating pass rusher in this league. Uh, and he's young and he's coming off a big injury. Everyone understands that. But he's a captain on that defense for a reason. Um, and they're adding him back. And they already have some valuable pieces on defense. His team is built off their defense. And now they're adding <laughs> him there and at the right time. So I think it's going to be interesting to see what this team does. Um, but you know, I, like I said, I've been impressed with, with Heidi over these last few weeks. I always thought he was always solid. Um, I thought he earned it or should have earned a shot before they did the Wentz move, but they didn't give him a shot. And now he's, you know, showing they should have given him a shot this whole year. Um, and we'll see, but, uh, but yeah, he played in the XFL, man. (laughs) Look at him. Now look at him. (laughs) <laughs> but um, yeah, that's the real thing is to take away again. Washington, uh, Houston's just 
continue to tank to get a better draft position. But um, but um, Washington is not going to the playoffs. They will lose their next four games in a row. Okay. That's been with the take. take. That's been dashing. Take. So so you see, they will lose to the Falcons this week. They will they play back to back games against the Giants. They're going to go to New York. They're going to get stomped down by the Giants. Then they're going to have a bye week. They're going to feel good about themselves. They're going to face the Giants again in Washington. They will lose that game too. Then they have to go out to San Francisco, and they will get absolutely destroyed by this new San Francisco offense that seems like they are the best in the league right now. They will lose the next four uh, games I in a row. Desmond, I'm a Giants fan. I wouldn't put so much faith into the Giants in those two. I could see them that easily splitting. Or the Your lips to the God's ears. That's yeah. my hot take. Commanders lose the next four in a row. It's <laughs> fool's gold right now. There we go. So I'm not going to disagree entirely. I'm going to be kind of the the grit, the, the even middle man here between all these takes. I don't think that it's too much of an overreaction to say that Washington's in the mix in terms of making the final wild card spot just because I think by virtue of the NFC being so weak and I think that this division is propped up by their schedule, I think the chasm between all four teams is not as as wide open as we, as we expected it to be. Um, at least that's my perception. Now, again, they're not winning pretty games. They're winning defensively dominant games. They had seven turnovers in this game, five, four sacks and two picks. Um, but they, they have things that they're able to lean on um, similar to the Giants in the way that they formulate their wins. And I think that winning time possession, particularly this game, extending drives and keeping the game simple for Heineke is just enough for them to win games. So while their ceiling may be low, and lower than the other teams in this division. I don't think it's too much of an anomaly to say that they could easily go 500, if not three and one, the next four games. I think they have no shot in that San Francisco game, but they could win the other three games. And I don't think they're out of this division entirely either. All right. I like the perspective on all things here with Washington. I mean, I hope Desmond's right that they keep losing, uh, that they would start a major losing streak after this great winning streak. But um, I do think um, this team just has to be taken seriously a little more. So we'll take that and it's going to be fun. Now, I want to talk about the Packers and the Titans that played. Um, Though things worked and clicked, for the Packers, Rodgers had good game again. Looks like Watson, um, this guy Watson is going to be, I won't say he's a go-to yet, but he's had a few good games and he has he's potential to be. Four touchdowns over the last two games, right? He had three and then one. He had five. Yeah. Exactly. Five. So definitely we need to see more games of that. But if this is the case, then, hey, maybe he got at least one solid receiver out of this year. Um, but ultimately, Tennessee wins. And, you know, it brings to your point, Desmond, you talked about last week that it's so frustrating that this Titans team is so good everywhere else but the quarterback in Tannenhill. And especially Mike Vrabel, he's just such a damn good coach. I just love um, what they were pulling off together at Lambeau on Thursday night. But um, ultimately, 
it seems Tennessee, that could be the one thing holding them back is having Tannehill as the quarterback. And Malik Willis, when he's played this year, hasn't really done much. He just handed the ball, handed the ball to Henry. And this just shows that you really need Henry to stay healthy as well. But um, despite the good things with the Packers, this team would have to win out or they can only afford to win one more they can only afford to lose one more game to be to be competitive. They're at seven losses right now for Aaron Rodgers. And um though I've had given him props and I still have a huge amount of respect for him. The uh Packers, this was a tough game for them to lose in front of their home crowd. And um this is this 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 if the if the Packers if I'd say one thing, if Aaron Rodgers, if he can win out this and make uh, keep his team in the uh, in the hunt, then uh, I don't know if it'll convince Alex that um, Ranelio that he's something special. But at least to other people and to most other people, um, Aaron Rodgers is 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 legit. But um, he wasn't he was as legit as you can get, but still come up short with only having the offense score seventeen points. So ultimately. Um, what are some of the other things you took out of this game? And um, the other thing to also to mention with Tennessee, as good as they can be, they're just they could keep winning games. You know, last year they were the number one seed in the AFC, but again, without if you have Tannenhill, he's uh, not going to win you um, any conference. He's not going to win you the Super Bowl, and the Titans' defense isn't. Um, Though though fine and good, but they're not a historically great defense that can still win you the Super Bowl. Uh, I think I think the Packers season ended. Uh, yeah, I I, I mm-hmm. really do. Um, and it's disappointing. Uh, I think we all had bigger expectations for the Packers this year, um, and they fell short. But if you look at the remaining schedule, I'm seeing one, two, maybe three more wins this year. I think they'll lose to the Eagles, uh, which is their next game. They have the Dolphins on tap on the 25th. They have the Vikings on the 1st, and then they have the Lions, right? Mm-hmm. So Brutal. It's d- it's different game. So the wins I'm seeing is the Bears on the 4th, maybe a win against the Rams on the 19th, and then the last game of the season against the Lions, right? So, And I'll only give you six wins. They, oh, yeah. And I, I really – six to seven wins at most, and that's not going to make the playoffs, especially this year's NFC. Um and yeah, you know, I think the offense looked better than we've had it, but their defense still did not look good, especially late in the game when, you know, they just had no communication whatsoever. And the Titans are running out the clock and Tannehill just threw a bomb to Traylon Burks to seal the game. It was like a 58 yard bomb. And I'm like, what the hell? Like, you kind of, they kind of had a shot at the, you know, the, 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 you know, everything went correctly, but everything went wrong late in the game. And I think that's what, you know, happened. Um, we thought their defense was going to be a lot better than it's been. Uh, we thought Rodgers was going to be a lot better. And, um, you know, it, it fell short for them this year. And that happens for some teams. Um, but, yeah, you know, like everyone said, you know, I was listening to the radio on the, on the game and everything, and backer season was pretty much done. And the Titans show that they're still solid in the AFC and they still are a contending team this year. Yeah, I think that um, the Packers get a lot of media coverage because of the name on the front of their jersey and the fact they have 
you know, Aaron Rodgers as their quarterback, but this has been a bad team all year. And so I don't yeah. want to give them too much more media coverage because it gets so much media coverage. I mean, the Packers are a bad team. They're not going to the playoffs. This this wasn't their year. They had a poorly constructed roster. They got to rebuild a lot of different positions. Um, and Rodgers was healthy the whole way through, too. He's complaining about his thumb, but, uh, you know, like, I mean, obviously the ball's getting to your receivers. It's just off target. I mean, you know, get it together. Uh, the Titans are the story here. They've won seven of their last eight. The Titans, in my mind, as I've said before, I think they're just a slightly upgraded version of the New York Giants. The same basic formula, you know, but you have like a slightly better quarterback and a slightly better running back. Um, that's that's basically just it. They want to control with time of possession and make really just kind of like safe throws to kind of like keep you honest, so you can't, you know, just like stack the box against Derrick Henry. And the Packers had no answer for it. You know, Derrick Henry is a beast. He's the best running back in the NFL. I don't know how your number one game plan isn't just you know, there's like eight people in the box and just doing everything you can to force Tannehill to beat you. But the Packers couldn't do it. I like the Titans going forward as being possibly a number two seed in the AFC. And I, and I say that only because they're in such a weak division that I think they're going to have an easier schedule down the road. And the other teams, especially in the AFC East, will probably cannibalize each other, which will allow the Titans to kind of get a higher seed due to that fact. Well, I'm glad you couched that towards the end because I totally agree. I think that they could eventually, you know, manifest a second seed, but I don't, I think it's more paper tiger than anything, but I will say the one revelation that I've seen with this Tennessee team over the last eight, eight weeks, Desmond, is that, um, yeah, they have basically the same formula gave plan of playing like a conservative game, kind of the way the giants do. Um, I like Vrabel better than Dable. I trust his system, particularly going through the adversity they have the past two or three years. But in addition to that, we got to put a little bit of love on this Tennessee defense because going into the season, they were on nobody's radar. I mean, I went out of my way to kind of chastise them as being kind of the weak unit of this of um, of this team. But I mean, the, you look at these past seven, eight weeks, they've had multiple guys with seven or eight uh, tackles or more per game. Um, you know, they've uh, they, they weren't, you know, jumping off of the, the stat sheet this particular week. They only had one sack, but um, they've been able to kind of get you know, teams off the field in a hurry. And um and I think that kind of the the one guy who who we lose in this um is actually Jim Schwartz because he's kind of the puppet master running this defensive unit um all across the board. He's been able to kind of put guys in the right position on this um on this on this team because year after year they've been losing coordinators left and right. And I think he's kind of kept um the right pieces in the right position to um, win games efficiently and effectively as um, as they have. So um, I think that this Tennessee team, you know, clearly they're they're benefiting from you know six easy wins a year. But I think that um, you know they they will make a deep run because they have the right formula to win, and because Vrabel has seen um, uh, uh, tough games in the past. Yeah, that Tennessee defense we have put to the test this week when Cincinnati. Um, well, when they have to go uh, play Cincinnati. Yeah. And um, yeah, I've actually, that's the game that I was most conflicted on this week. So I'm really interested to see how that one plays out. For sure. And just no consent, no, there's just no um, other, um, there's just no other, you're not worried about Tannenhill once he gets to the January again. You don't think, do you guys, do, do you guys think that he has what it takes to continue to win playoff games. And I I know he made it to a conference championship, but I just don't see it with Tannenhill when the game matters the most with him. 
It's tough for me because it's for me, it's always on what the defense does to stop Derrick Henry. Mm-hmm. And if if it's if it's he can't run wild and they can't get into certain spots where he can Tannehill can just deke and dunk his way into the end zone, then I'm like, okay, I don't think they can make a deep run. But again, Derrick Henry is probably the best running back of football. Uh he has been these last few years. He's incredibly hard to stop. And when the lights are on him, he always shows up. Uh, so, you know, I have faith that, you know, this Titans team could make a run. Um, but again, it's really on what we see early on with defenses stopping Derrick Henry. Look look at the Giants, right? Like they they played them week one. No one kind of saw the Giants win that one. And they bottled up Derrick Henry extremely well. And Tate Crowder lit him up, which I don't think anyone expected. But he got a rip on him and he made him say, we're here, right? So, you know, and then we kind of just – Deke then dunked our way. It was kind of a back and forth kind of weird game. And then we won on a missed field goal. But I think that's what the Giants game plan was. If we can bottle up Henry, let Tannehill beat us. And if teams can do that, then yeah, I guess you could say people won't have a lot of faith in Tannehill doing that. But again, Derrick Henry is so hard to stop. Um, and, you know, it just, we really have to see these matchups in the playoffs and what defenses he's going to be facing, really. I think that the Titans are a second round. Uh, out this year i think they get to the second weekend in the playoffs and they're probably going to lose there i think Tannehill, he's like a jimmy garoppolo type but he doesn't have the same offensive like weapons around him mm. and, like the tight end and like the receiver position right. so like he can't he can't give you the same results that jimmy garoppolo could so no i don't think the titans are a threat in the in the afc to make a deep run in the playoffs they just don't have the they don't have the offense for it mm-hmm. all right totally <laughs> Bengals and the Steelers, as I mentioned, this got the national attention after the slaughtering of Minnesota at the hands of Dallas. So with this game, though, I think um, the Bengals have something good going. You have Jamar Chase on the brink of returning. Uh, Joe um, Mixon having another really good game. And, um, you know... The Steelers are just playing or just uh, figuring out what they have. And I don't know if Kenny Pickett has given them a reason to think that he should be the starter ultimately. So that's the things I took out of this game. And uh, maybe maybe the Bengals are – maybe this type of Bengals team um, is more of a second-half team, if, if anything shows of this. Um, what, what, what really interests you guys in the Bengals and Steelers this past week? Um, I, I was kind of uh, surprised just how their offense didn't really slow down. Um, I know Mixon got a concussion, uh, and we'll see what he does going into this next week. But I mean, we've seen mm-hmm. some JP Ryan step up in, in moments when when Mixon's been out. Um, but they just stayed the course. Uh, Burrow looked pretty solid. Obviously, four touchdowns, two picks. Um, T. Higgins looked really good. Uh, you know, P. Ryan had three receiving touchdowns. He was kind of, you know, um, Burrow security blanket there. Um, and yeah, like you said, Matt, I, I think we're seeing this Bengals team as a as a as a second half team after a rocky start. And with the Steelers, is just tough right now. Um, you know, they're having a tough year, a down year. They're trying to, you know, get the fans excited with with Kenny Pickett and maybe he's the future, but he hasn't really shown a lot of bright spots. Um, so it was a game the Bengals needed to win. I think we all expected them to win and they did that um, in a game, you know, like we said, they should have won. 
Um, and yeah, there was not a lot of faith. Sorry, Steelers fans. There wasn't a lot of faith or positivity that we saw, at least from this team. Um, and yeah, I think there's a lot of questions on Kenny Pickett. I know he got thrown to the fire and he's, he's a young guy, but there was nothing to me right now that at least I'm seeing from him that I'm like, I'm seeing, you know, glimpses of something solid here. I'll be a little bit of an apologist for Kenny Pickett here. I, I think that <laughs> and I've said this, I think twice so far, you know, during the season of doing these shows, but, you know, again, Kenny Pickett played in the ACC last year and that that's his only, that, that was his only experience in college playing against a weak set of defenses in college football. And I'm the SEC, I'm the big 10, like he was playing against really weak competition and he's only played about half of the football season here in the NFL. So he went from like terrible competition to the best competition and he's not doing terribly. I, I think you got to give this guy another season, at least another. Mm-hmm. Full, oh, for like, sure. I'm not saying, I'm not saying yeah. I wasn't but trying to not, say throw the season on him. I'm just saying, right. No, I was saying like, I wouldn't say like, you know, I don't think you can write the story on him just yet. Yeah. You know, like this is like Zach yeah, Wilson's second season, for instance, like yeah. I think we have a, we have a lot of film on him now. Yeah. I think Pickett needs to have a lot more yeah. reps against NFL talent before we know what Clean. he is. Uh, the Bengals definitely want to switch gears a little bit. I am really encouraged uh, to see the fact that Joe Burrow only got sacked twice, mm-hmm. which is probably amazing for that Bengals mm-hmm. offensive line. Thank the Lord, yeah. And even with Jamar Chase being out, you know, like Burrow is still slinging it around. He's getting it more to Hayden Hurst. He's getting it more to his running backs. Unfortunately, that Mixon got injured. Uh, but I really like what I'm seeing from the Bengals right now. They're having a good bounce back. Usually the team that loses the Super Bowl, you know, the previous year, like just plummets right. the year after that. But the Bengals seem like they kind of like have steadied the tide a little bit. And I think they'll be in the playoffs. I, th- I think it's pretty yeah. safe to say that right mm. now. Yeah. My only concern was whether they were going to, you know, clinch the division again this year. But uh, um, I was really, you know, impressed by their bounce back and their resiliency, particularly entering the second half of the season where, you know, we see teams start to fold and start to separate, you know, from the rest of the pack. But <clears throat> I thought this was um, I thought this was a standout game. I think the only reason it was kind of close was because Burrow had two unfortunate picks, but he had a really efficient game. Otherwise, you know, four touchdowns through 55. And like you said, you know, he's, he's, he's getting the ball around. He hit, hit seven receivers. Um, and, you know, it's only going to you know continue to progress once, uh, once he gets his main guy back, Jamar Chase. So I think that the sky's the limit with this team um, now that they've kind of hit their stride again. Um, the Cincinnati's defense is still a little concerning. Um, yeah. You know, you want to give down. up for 17 on third down and Mr. Pickett. Uh, that's, that's definitely not uh, encouraging, but um you know, uh, Cincinnati. Cincinnati looks good. I, I still think it's a you know kind of a four team, a four team horse right now with uh, Buffalo, Kansas City, and Baltimore. Actually, Tennessee. I understand we kind of just got off that segment, but I, I just don't see the ceiling with Tennessee the way I do with the other four. Can't leave Miami out of that conversation. Hmm, we'll criminal. see. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know with Miami. <laughs> I just can't. <laughs> he can't buy it. He can't buy into the Jalen Waddle and he's Tyreek Hill. They are. Just... He's waiting, Desmond. He's waiting to buy in on the Miami stock. We'll we'll get to that segment. I promise. <laughs> All right. You know what, Alex? Let's keep you smiling. All the right. Raiders. They won. How about that? They had to go to overtime <laughs> hey. against this Broncos team that just can't get out of their own way. You but you gotta my... win. Simple as that. You gotta win. Your your third win, same as the uh, Broncos' uh, third wins, but um, 
Devontae Adams plays the plays the way he's supposed to play. Jacobs has a great game. Derek Carr. How about that? Over 300 yards for him. You know, maybe sometimes it's true. Sometimes you just need to cry. And then it just can lead to some good things. Even if you cry in front of a whole press conference of people, maybe that works. But um, but Alex, no. you must be dandy. Is this the only other time this rest of the season we're going to be like this or what? <laughs> a broken a broken clock is right twice twice a day. All right. This team still is a disaster and an embarrassment. I'm not taking stock in beating Houston and Denver twice. Uh, <laughs> it, it, they're still an embarrassment, and I, I'd rather just not talk about this team, frankly. Uh, I, I, knew, I knew the Raiders were going to win once the Broncos scored 16. I, I, knew, <laughs> I knew once it hit 16 again, I was like, all right. Here we are. Good, good, Yo, good win, Raiders. Did you hear this that apparently in the that in the uh in this game that uh Russell Wilson was allegedly calling audibles from the Seahawks and then that team just didn't know what they were doing? Yeah. Like I mean, how could you how could you get to this point for Denver? I mean, they were supposed to be part of this stellar AFC West division and I mean, Russell Wilson, what is he? I mean, he's only had, what, 12 touchdowns off the top of my head? I know at least less than 15. But, um, I mean, this is it, bad. It, this is you really know what? <laughs> I got to say, first of all, uh, just since we're keeping score here, uh, I called the Raiders to win. That was my hot take from last <laughs> week, so I had that. And I've also said that the yes, Broncos did. weren't going to win more than five games this year, so I'm still on pace for that. Oh, boy. Called that called that weeks back. So I was actually, I was sitting on the couch, you know, like in the fourth quarter, like rooting for the Raiders. Cause I wanted my prediction to be correct. Come this podcast. And uh, yeah, man, the Broncos are horrendous. They, they really are. You know, I know that we could probably <laughs> sit here and pat the Raiders on the back. And I still think the Raiders have been underachieving all mm-hmm. year, but the Broncos are just pathetic. Yeah. I mean, they really are. Nathaniel and, and- Hackett got to go. Even after one season. I don't even know really if it's his fault right now. It's just a mess. The one thing I won't do is point the point the finger at their defense. Their defense has their defense play, has, good, has yeah. showed out all year. Yeah. Even after they got rid of like Bradley Chubb. I mean, so I think Denver has a championship defense, but they they got fleeced with that trade. And I don't I, I don't know what you got to do on offense, but <laughs> you know, maybe you have to just eat that contract and get rid of Russell Wilson. But I think the first thing you gotta do is bring in a new offensive coordinator because <laughs> You got to at least try him with a different scheme. But if he doesn't work with a new scheme, I think you got to just dump him well, because he's washed well, up. Well, since since we're talking about positions of leadership here with, with the, the coaching staff and the organization, I mean, at, at a certain point, some of this has to lay at Elway's feet, too, because he's supposed to be the, the, the Hall of Fame quarterback. He's supposed to see talent where where he sees it, and he just can't evaluate quarterbacks. Even guys that were supposed to be proven in Seattle, um, <laughs> it just it just seems that he, you know it's just one of those elusive things. It's like a black cat with him. Jake Plummer, yeah. Kyle Orton, Tim Tebow, Brock Osweiler, Drew yep. Locke. I mean, it's just like Simeon. Yeah, try to see, there you go. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, it's been a mess. It's bad. Um, it's bad. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think as each week goes by, 
I think we're learning more and more on how much Seattle protected Russell Wilson. Yes. Um, oh, yeah. I Ooh. think from what you hear from former players, from what you hear from Pete Carroll, from what you hear from other, other, other people on the outside or who were teammates of Russell Wilson – and now we're hearing this report that he's calling audibles from his former team. I'm even, you know, there's like a Broncos reporter who said that on the radio. Um, it's been a mess. And I think we're just, like I said, week by week, we're learning more that Seattle really, really protected Russell. And Pete Carroll did a hell of a job doing that um, because it seems like his teammates didn't like him at times. It seems like he just has these weird things where you had to like call his agent in order to get in touch with him um, and things like that. It's just a and weird person. He's, this guy's he's, killing his legacy. Yeah, he really he, is he killing really is. his legacy. He, and, and it's sad because arguably before all this, like we saw him as a top quarterback in this league. And now yeah. each given week, we're just like, he's, 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 is he washed? Is he just like <laughs> something – is just how he's been in Seattle protecting him the whole time. And now we're really seeing what the true Russell Wilson is. Um, you know, it's kind of crazy, you know, because in the offseason, a lot of us are like, oh, this Broncos offense should be great. And it should be really, really good with all the talent they have, especially with Russell. And everybody's like, what the hell is going on? And you can only blame, you know, Nathaniel as much as well. You're going to blame love as a coordinator as much. Right. But when your quarterback, who you're paying a boatload of money to, yep. is looking awful. Then, then the blame has to start going to him. And if I hear one more like "let's ride" or "let's go" or whatever the hell, I will go to Denver myself and slap Russell. I just can't. I, you can't do this week in, week out. It's just, it's just falling on deaf ears now. Even the Broncos fans are making funny wanna, at this point. I want to get like a compilation clip of just Colin Coward continuously just dick riding this guy. <laughs> Which he's been doing, go to though, fun for, house. For, go to he's TV been doing fun it, house. Yeah, he's been doing it for 10 years now. For 10 years, and now he's got to start eating this crow every single week. Yeah. Yeah. Literally, check out this uh, – check out Fun House, Alex uh, Ranelio. Yeah, yeah. That is a perfect – He this guy just gets the best radio bits, mostly New York, but also does a lot of cowherd, and yeah. he has all all of it. All well, of cow- it. So Remember, everyone, cowherd, you know – for he literally makes Cowherd look like the dumbest person yeah. to ever be put on television. Cowherd picks random people to just ride hard it's on. Called, Wilson's been one of them. It's called it's called West Coast Stupid. If you're there long enough, mm. it'll infect everybody. Oh, is that true? Is that true, oh, yeah. Desmond? <laughs> I've never <laughs> been to the Pacific Ocean, actually. I'm just oh. talking about the coast. I'm just talking about the coast. Oh, wow. the, co- the coast itself. My bad. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm pretty yeah. far away from, from the ocean over in Montana. Got a couple, couple states over, actually. You're good. Mm-hmm. You're good. Yeah. So quick, uh, just a couple games that we can just make funny comments towards. Bears and Falcons. Falcons do keep their um, division hopes alive. It was close. Game-winning field goal. Justin Fields, though, looks like he got hurt. Yeah. Um, he still, at least for what he what um he was be he what he has been able to pull off this season after a rocky start, and hopefully he comes back from injury soon and keeps up momentum. I think he at least shows that he gets another year starting in the league, and sure. um, oh yeah, especially get some what maybe some more weapons around him, then you might have something legit, especially with his dual threat legs. Like he's somebody who I know it's only been a couple games this season, but. If he can get those legs running, and he can get that arm in a good place, he's uh he can be as good as it gets. Maybe even a little better than Lamar Jackson. Uh, yeah. Since yeah. that, I, th- I think I said that a little that a more few agility weeks ago. has a little more agility. You're yeah. saying 
Yeah, I think I said a few weeks ago that it finally looked like the Bears finally figured out what was going to be successful with him. They took the training wheels off him, and now we're seeing what he can be. And I think the future now bright with Chicago because you're really seeing what Fields can do week in and week out, which is to be a above-average dual-threat quarterback because of his arm talent as well, which is better than Lamar Jackson's, I have to yep. say. Yeah, exactly. Oh, go ahead, Desmond. You go. I'm pleading with Chicago's owner here. They're about <laughs> ready to build a new stadium in like suburban Chicago. Yep. Yeah. Make it a dome. Please. Like, let just let it go. Like forget the open air. Like I know Chicago, wind, cold. You want to use that advantage? Let that go. Put this man in a dome. He is an athlete. I want to see him playing in pristine conditions eight games out of the year. Like just please put this man in a dome. I'm sick of cold weather without and- domes. And if you're Chicago and you have open ears, which you rarely don't, rarely do, this is your golden opportunity. Green Bay is down. Minnesota looks like they're fraudulent, at least like after this season. Yeah. And because they're catching everybody by storm off guard, you have an open pocketbook because you you dealt Roquan Smith. You don't have to pay that contract. Get him some effing receivers and turn this team around. They've never had a good offense. They have the opportunity. Division's never been wide open more than this before. Now is the opportunity with the stadium ahead. It's not enough to just sell tickets. You've got to be – you have to mm. be a good – Yep. Couldn't say it any better. And, again, um, Falcons. Do um, Falcons with their young team are pulling off wins, but um, – It's not you know, over for them yet. Exactly. It's not over for We're gonna them. We're going to back now. into that division. <laughs> that division's trash. I mean, they, yeah. they could win it. I mean, they're only down by a half game. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, the Saints and the Rams. Good win yeah. for Nola. And um, the Rams are the the Rams are just dying. They're just you're watching a dying breed out there. I don't have anything else to add but that. It sucks that no, this, I think we can just, I think yeah, it just sucks that they don't one. have anything um going for them. I feel, I feel better every week that goes by that I've fully believe that Sean McVay may have a bid going back into college. That'd be something. Mm. It really would be something. If I feel actually... better about that every week. Go ahead. So, I, I but we also, uh, Rams and Ravens. I really hope you'd, if whoever better the unders feeling great, I just, that was weird. They just could not, Baltimore could not score in the red zone. Only score 13 points. After their defense only um, giving up three points. And um, regardless, this is a big win. Again, another example of a win's a win. And um, props to the uh, Ravens for pulling that off. I mean, Panthers defense cost me my fantasy week because I was expecting Lamar to have a big day. They spoiled it for me. Yeah. And it just sucks. No touchdowns from him at all, except a rushing touchdown. And, um, Sam Darnold, he's coming in. He's going to be starting for oh, Carolina. The revolving <laughs> door continues. Who else do you want to throw out there? You know what? They should just like they should just have their new mascot just be a tank. You know? <laughs> just put it on front street. <laughs> That's a good. They should one. start a different quarterback each quarter. I think that'd be really entertaining. Different, <laughs> different quarter, different like, quarterback. It's like right after kickoff, like every quarter goes by, and then. The uh, the Black Panther uh, mascot just devolves into like this little house cat. <laughs> but I oh the I, pain that's a I, bad I think franchise. I have to say about 
uh, the outcome of this. I think like definitely the weather conditions and the wind definitely played a huge factor. Um, I think a lot of that had to do with um, how it, it disrupted, you know, a lot of the passing game, but we know what the Panthers are. They're tanking. And I think the Ravens, you know, a win's a win. So. Yeah. And um got some big divisional matchups ahead for Baltimore. And the last game to discuss before we look at the week ahead, 49ers versus the Cardinals. I think the Cardinals are about to blow up. Yep. I think Kyler Murray clearly um, ho- tricked the uh, Cardinals front office to pay him, and um, he clearly does not deserve that money. San Fran gets another win. I don't want to say quiet win, but this is a good 49ers team. They can run the ball. They can yep. catch the ball. Their defense is pretty freaking insane. Whether you're pass rushers, defensive backs, your linebackers, and um, I mean, again, Jimmy G. Now, <laughs> Jimmy G. That talk about revolving doors, talking about his potential, but again, Jimmy G. Just wins games, and down in Mexico City, they they handle the Cardinals, and um, I think that's that. This Forty Nineers team is definitely not fraudulent. Watch out for what they can do, and um. Again, just get those wins. Get those wins, especially for the fact that most of your team is healthy. Christian McCaffrey's injury prone. He's not. He's not hurt right now. Great. George Kittle is playing. That's somebody important to have, and uh, vice versa. I think the 49ers really, really need to be um, looked at as a top team in the NFC if you haven't already. Yeah. Yep. Um, I was just gonna say. It's just been a disaster for Cardinals this year, and I just got a thing on my phone uh, that they parted ways with the offensive line coach because of an incident in Mexico for the Cardinals. Uh, oh, wow. They did it before the game, so they did it Monday morning heading into that game, and the offensive line has already been an issue, and now you fire their offensive line coach, but they didn't explain the incident, but they relieved him of his duties Monday morning in Mexico uh, because of some incident. Huh. So it's, uh, it's been a mess for Arizona, and I was expecting that to be the case. Um Going into that game in Mexico City, I think it was really cool. The environment was awesome. Um, the one bright spot right now in this Cardinals team is um, DeAndre Hopkins. I think he's been a stud over coming out of his suspension. Yeah. Um, and for some reason, they they shied away from him uh, after the first few drives. I think he had like seven or eight catches for 70-plus yards in the first half, and they kind of just stopped giving him the ball and looks, and he was open. There were spots where I was seeing Cole McCoy like, I'm like, dude, why didn't you look at them? Just give them the ball. The 49ers can't stop them. <laughs> and just to talk on the 49ers real quick, uh, this team, if they just continue it and, and get in good position and get into the playoffs, I think they're going to be a very interesting team to see because it's, it's a pick your poison on that offense, which is crazy to see. This week it was Debo Samuel busting out a big run. Uh, Christian McCaffrey looked really solid early on. They obviously have Kittle. They have the weapons that they need. Um and you're having defenses now have to pick between who do they want to stop more, Debo Samuel, or Christian McCaffrey, or George Kittle. That's crazy. and Ayuk's pretty has. And had Brandon, a good sorry, year and Brandon, too. yeah, Brandon Ayuk, sorry, he was having a very, very good year too. So you have two great receivers, an all-pro running back, an all-pro tight end, and every, the defense now has to try to figure out who we want to slow down. And I think what we just saw with the Cardinals was they had no idea who to pick, and everyone was running wild. And that team is already a disaster, you know, with Murray and everything going on right now. Like I said, the only bright spots in the Andre Hopkins. But 
this 49ers team is something to look out for. They're a very, very good team, top to bottom. Um, and this offense is only getting better and better every week. Yeah, Cliff Kingsbury definitely is going to be fired at the end of the year. You know, I um, think there's a little bit of overhyping going on with the with the 49ers. I do think they're a scary team. I the the schedule favors them incredibly. Mm-hmm. They don't have to leave the Pacific yeah. time zone for the rest of the year. That's incredible how that worked out for them. But I still do not believe that the 49ers will be winning this division. I think they will be a wild card team. I think they're going to lose three games in a row in December. I think they will lose to the Dolphins, the Buccaneers, and the, and the Seahawks three games in a row. And this this is uh, an offense that has a lot of weapons, but their defense is still a little suspect. It didn't show up last night because they're playing a team who's packed it in. And the Cardinals are done and they know it. So, I mean, like that, it didn't really show up last night. But I really do think there's a little bit of deficiencies in the back end the, with the linebackers in the secondary for San Francisco. I think they could be exposed in the passing game. And I do believe that you're going to see a San Francisco team who is going to struggle against better teams here in December. And, uh, Clip this, and we'll come back to it later. To see if I was wrong about <laughs> yeah, all that. Let's clip that. Let's because I that. think the Dolphins are going to pound the 49ers when they come out to San Francisco in two and weeks. I will, yeah, I'll, I'll save that tape because I, I see I see the antithesis of everything you just said. It's all I, right, save the tape. I know. Let's 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 keep it headstrong. So I yeah I I frankly I mean with this with the schedule that's insane how that worked out with them not having to leave the West Coast. But I I firmly believe that they can actually run the table. I I mean that seriously. I it's not just the the the, the talent they have on offense. This defense is potent. They're healthy. Um, they're there's really like there's really just no. Uh, weak link with this team and and I and I think that every week that goes by uh with Shanahan and Garoppolo getting that continuity back I think that as long as Garoppolo can stay out of his own way and it's a huge caveat but he just has too much too much talent to fail and I think that with the you know with the schedule favoring you know favoring them so tremendously I think that um I think that they're going to they're going to well exceed past Seattle for that division. I don't think that's even up for debate anymore, but again, we can come back to this as well, uh, this tape, but I think that ultimately um, the, the sky's the limit with this team. I think it, they're kind of like a two horse race right now with Philadelphia for the NFC. Right. I mean, I think the chiefs exposed the hell out of their defense a few weeks ago. And I, I think you're going to see teams who have great offenses being able to do that to them when when we get a little bit closer in December. But you know, uh, we'll we'll come back to it. We'll come back to it. And I would argue too that the Niners—they're not the same team they were four weeks ago. They've kind of done a 180 on this roster, and it looks like they're all in the same way that um, we saw. You know, the acquisitions with Baltimore being all in. You know, obviously to a lesser degree, but I think that Kansas City took advantage of teams early on in the season before they were kind of adapted and ready. And I think San Francisco was one of them. My only pushback would be that the teams they face since then have weak offenses. The Rams offense is atrocious. The Cardinals didn't even have their starting quarterback last night. And the chargers have half a quarterback on the field. (laughs) Totally fair. Yo, let's look at the week ahead. Gentlemen, Thanksgiving week in the NFL. So, you know what that means? There's going to be three games on Thanksgiving Day, we obviously have the Detroit Lions hosting a team. They'll be hosting the Buffalo Bills. The spread is minus nine and a half to Buffalo. Who is winning this game? 
Nine and a half. That's <laughs> amazing. That's yeah. No um, respect. Bills. Really Bills. Sorry. I, I mean, I, I just don't see the Lions finding a way to win this game. Yeah. I, I have the Bills too. But again, you guys all know me. Anything over nine, I really don't That's like insane. for some reason. And That's just high. what we saw with the Lions just did against the Giants, which I've got to say their defense, I know it got banged up, but their defense is pretty solid. And their offense is pretty decent. I could see them covering the nine. I really can. And I, oh, I, I, I can see their offense. I could see Bills. I mean, I could see Bills winning my six. I, I think this yeah. is a one four game. Yeah, but I guess uh, they know something we don't know. Who knows? Um, We're not. not. We have the, uh, (laughs) since it's Thanksgiving, we have the Dallas Cowboys playing a whole game, 430 against the New York Giants. Huge division matchup. And even through all our analysis and all the expectations versus reality, this is Giants versus Cowboys in a very, very, very significant Thanksgiving game. The, and also, the spread is actually minus nine and a half for Dallas. Wow, they really, they really love that number today. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm reading this right here. They so I'm not love that up. number. They have it right here. I'm, so, taking, I'm taking Giants outright. Fuck that. I mean that work. That'd be awesome. That'd be an easy spread to have there. I think. I think it's Giants by three. Honestly, doable. You know what? I'm have. I'm. I'm struggling with this one because the Cowboys choke in national televised games, and Daniel Jones has never won a primetime game. <laughs> so it history is not going for him right now. Um, I think the Cowboys wither when the lights are really bright and everyone's watching them. And the and the Giants are not a weak team. And and I think that they're gonna I, I think the Cowboys will kind of like wither a little bit when the adversity has them in the second half. Cause I think this is gonna be a close game. I think it's gonna be a low scoring game. Uh Giants in a close one. All right. I like uh, that. I'm you guys would know me. I'm never gonna root against uh the Giants. Um I think that first matchup at MetLife, uh, I was there, it was awesome. Uh, I think it was a battle. I think this one's gonna be a battle. I think the spread's too big. I'm gonna go with the Giants. Uh I know these games are on Fox. I would pick especially pick the the Giants if it was a CBS game and Tony Romo was in the building because he would have given the bad <laughs> juju of every big moment against the Giants. He always crumbled. But it's a Fox game. But I'm still going to go with the Giants. I think it's going to be a close one. I know I, I've been pessimistic earlier on in the show. Uh, I think the Giants do well when their backs are against the wall. I think they prove it again this week. I think it's going to be a close one. I think probably by field goal, I'm going with the Giants. I'm going to go with Big Blue as well. I think they can pull it off. I think, um, you know, Dallas was able to get their big win against Minnesota. But um, I think the Giants, even with their injuries, they can um, snap out of it. And they can really make a push for um, a victory. New England plays Minnesota. Actually, a pretty interesting game on Thanksgiving evening. Minnesota opens at minus two and a half. So uh, oh, could go damn, there way goes, this one. There goes the streak. I thought you were going to say minus nine and a half. No nine and a half <laughs> on this one. But um, I think I just think Bill. I think Bill Belichick will be prepared for this. I think the Kirk Cousins. Primetime curse will continue. And I think um, after Thanksgiving, you're going to look at the Patriots a lot differently. Even though Mac Jones has a lot of questions as the quarterback, the the Patriots, at least 
defensively can uh, have some momentum and we'll see what they go with there. Um, I got the Vikings by two touchdowns. I think Kirk Cousins breaks the primetime curse. And I think that's largely due to the fact that the Patriots have no offense. Mac Jones is not a good quarterback. The Patriots have no offense. I think the Vikings are embarrassed by what happened last week. They're at home. That home field advantage is real. And I think they're going to bounce back hard. I think they embarrass the Patriots. See, your, 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 your reasoning is exceptional and it's on point and it's everything. All the data points to all of it, but the only thing more real than that is Kirk Cousins floundering in prime time. It's more real than anything real. <laughs> yeah, beyond any analysis, that's so you're just, picking the Patriots then. Pure, um, yeah, sadly, yes. Pure fate. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going. I'm going Vikings. I don't think it's going to be two touchdowns. But uh, Vikings offensive coordinator, if you're hearing me, can you just hand the ball off to Dalvin Cook a little bit more, please, For this real? week, please, uh, and let them just. Destroyed time of possession. The Patriots had to win on a walk-off kickoff return or punt return against the Jets. Okay. <laughs> I have no favor with the Patriots that they had to win off a punt return touchdown against the Jets that were going <laughs> negative yards in the second half of that game. Okay. So I think the Vikings are a better team on paper. I just need Dalvin Cook to just dominate them and feast. I know, bad joke. Haha, Thanksgiving. But he needs to do that against the Patriots and the defense. I have the Vikings this week. All right, all right. So that'll complete the Thanksgiving games. We'll go back on Sunday the 27th with uh, Tampa Bay returning. They're playing Cleveland. Tampa opens at minus three and a half. They are on the road for this one. Tom Brady going to continue his winning streak of being since his divorce. I think he will. He will go. I I think he will be three and no (laughs) post-divorce. And uh, we'll hear his uh, who he's dating next at the same time. Life is just gonna change for the better for him. It's two wins. He's not going on like an eight game win streak. <laughs> I'll keep it's it going until until stat. that loss. Until that loss. Oh my god! He is undefeated since uh, <laughs> losing his wife. Giselle's undefeated too. <laughs> who is? Giselle's undefeated too. So. Oh yes, in like with the Juju Master or whatever. Antonio Brown. Yeah. Oh, oh man. I am. Um, That's uh, a gross story. I try to make a habit of picking one or two upsets a week. This one feels like the right one. I think, I mean, the Buccaneers have had a couple decent games this year, but their offense has been kind of suspect. Now they're coming off a bye. Cleveland's a tough place to play, and they can dominate time of possession because they have Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. And I think this one smells like an upset to me. I'm picking the Browns here. I, I like their chances going up against a still weak. Buccaneers offense. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to just agree there too. Um, as great as the last two wins have been for the Bucs, uh, there's still a lot of question marks and their defense is banged up. And that Browns uh, rush attack uh, is, is impressive, uh, obviously. Uh, so I can see that being a, a, a win for Cleveland um, against this Bucks team. I, I don't have a lot of faith right now. I know they're two and out. They're on a two game win streak, but. I still don't. They haven't really blown me away, so that's why I can see Cleveland win this week. Yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. All right. We have Cincy playing Tennessee. Cincy opening on the road at only minus one and a half. So um, close to a pick on this one. Where do you guys see this going? I think Joe Burrow continues his winning streak. They're going to get this win. 
in Nashville. What do you say? Uh, this is a tough one for me. This yeah. was the hardest one of the week. Yeah, for this me. is this is a really tough one. Yeah, um, red shows it. I'll just you know what I'll just it it came down to a point cool. for me because I I felt like the Bengals could go into Tennessee and just blow this team out because their offense is great, but Tennessee got. You know, it was like winning that playoff game. They like made a dumb mistake in the fourth quarter last year. They were the number one seed. They probably are looking at this like as a revenge game. Bengals are coming to Nashville. The Titans have won seven of the last eight. I I love what's going on in Tennessee right now. Like, give me give me the Titans. All right. I yeah, think for that exact, yeah. I think for an exact reason, I think that's why Tennessee comes back down to earth with this game. I don't think it's a. I think it's a very close game, but I think ultimately Cincinnati prevails in the in the uh, in the the closing the closing moments of this game. I, I say they win by a walk off field goal. All uh, right, I think yeah, I think it's going to be a fun battle. I'm actually going to go with the Titans. I just am nervous on if Chase is going to come back this week or not. And now with this Mixon injury, um, I know like I said before, P. Ryan is a capable running back. But I think the Titans are going to use that to their advantage, them not having potentially two of their star offensive players side of the Titans this week. Cool, cool. Um, next up. Wait, sorry. My thing switched on me like Brian's uh, computer. Just kidding. Um, we have um, Miami playing against Houston as they return from their bye. Miami opening at 13 points even. <laughs> An extended bye. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty, yeah. You're not wrong, Alex. Hey, You're man, not. Alex. Alex, we'll clip that, though, if for yeah. some save reason. It, save it. Save it. He's not wrong. I mean, yeah. I mean. All right. So we'll yeah. go with Miami on this one. I, I think the real Does anyone want to be crazy? The real question isn't whether the Dolphins are going to win. The question is, will they cover? Yeah. I, no. I think that's probably the better question. That is the better I, I, yeah. question. I yeah. I, so. I got the Dolphins winning. Um I think they cover the spread. The nine and a half? 13. 13, actually. <laughs> what's the over-under on that, too? If it's at 13, what's the over-under? Uh, 46. 46? Yep, exactly. Yeah. Ooh, that's tough. Uh, I'll say I say the Dolphins cover. I don't know if they go over four, but I think I can see them winning by, by two touchdowns. Or the, the combined My- being over. Miami forty three to three. I got you. <laughs> that would be sweet. So we have the Bears versus the Jets. The Bears are four and a half point underdogs in this one. They go down to MetLife in the and once again the most important game of the season for the Jets. Um, I I do think the Jets will pull it off and cover. I I think. I do I. I do think even if it's just a circumstance of playing a weaker team, Zach Wilson will start. He will play better. He will maybe finally be humble. And uh, this can lead to um, some good camaraderie. And if not, then we have a lot to make fun of next week. But I do think they're going to pull this victory off, especially with, uh, with uh, Fields being injured. You know, I am going to be 100% honest with you. This was like the most, the second most challenging one of the week for me. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to give you some crazy analysis about why I'm making this pick. This is just gut. I think the Bears are going to win because the Jets will find a way to lose. Yep. Uh, yeah, Desmond, I, I agree with you there. Especially right now, this week, we have no idea who's starting for the Jets. There's a lot of, it seems like, stuff happening in the locker room. And I think they're just mm-hmm. going to somehow find their way to lose like they did against New England. So I could see the Bears 
finding a way to win that one, even without Fields. They obviously have a good running back, Dave Montgomery. He, so. That'd be a mess. That'd be a real mess for the franchise as a it whole. Would. It would. Yeah. Is he officially ruled out for Sunday? Not the sure. Co- the coach said day to day, but everyone doesn't know what the severity of this shoulder injury so, is. So if if last week didn't didn't injure him and put him on the sidelines for this week, definitely playing at MetLife will. Um, <laughs> that there's probably a chance that I'm not I'm not I'm not wishing anything on him, but I, I think this is going to be a competitive game just by virtue of um, there's just kind of two teams at a crossroads coming from uh, both ends of the perspective uh, of the um, of of the uh, of the line here. I think that. Uh, the Jets, this is kind of their moment. They either seize it or their season's kind of, you know, going the wrong way. And I think the Bears, like, they could really pull a surprise here. Who knows? So I think this is going to be a great game. Um, if I had to gun to my head, I would probably say the Jets, but I don't feel confident in it. Atlanta and Washington. Washington opening at four points. I think the commanders are going to continue um, their winning ways. Yeah, I agree. I don't know why Desmond has the hype in the Falcons. Uh, I'm not buying in that stock. I'm sell, hey, sell, him sell, and sell, we've gotten a lot sell, of uh, internet sell. life. I'm going with the with the Commanders in this one. Uh, dome team going to the cold. Uh, I think that uh, Washington will win this handily, but it's going to be an ugly one. It's going to be like a 13-10 game or something. Meatballs. Falcons. <laughs> the commanders are going to lose the next four games in a row. It's a one o'clock game. It's there's no stakes. When you know when this goes viral on TikTok and YouTube, you know, and everyone asks, you know, like, how did you know? Just I knew. The so far, the internet game. has loved Desmond's Falcons takes for some reason. They really have. <laughs> so, I mean, let's let's keep it going if it means more views. In that sense, um, even though I do think Washington is winning, Denver, Carolina, LOL game of the week. Denver's oh, opening at minus two and a half. That's I think Sam Darnold's gonna win. What that smells so bad from here, I can smell it from here. <laughs> I think Sam Darnold's gonna win in this season debut. You know, it's um, I, I'm I'm broken record at this point, but the West team. Going to the East Coast to play the eleven o'clock game always trips them up, and Denver already sucks. Panthers. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, Alex. I'm, no, no, I was going to say I'm the same way, especially if the Broncos score sixteen points. <laughs> <laughs> I could see uh, Teddy Bridgewater on the on the sideline waving pom poms for both teams, but, <laughs> but I think yeah, no, Carolina will probably win an ugly game, honestly. Jacksonville returns from there by they're playing the Ravens at Jacksonville, Baltimore opening at minus four. I think of Jacksonville, I'm going to pick them as the upset in this one. Oh, okay. I wasn't expecting that. Um, That's a good pick. It, it is. A good, I, I, I actually like Jacksonville this year. I think they lost a lot of close games. I think there's yeah. a bright future for them, but I, I can't go against the Ravens right now. They There's a big game for them though. Surprisingly, mm. It'd be a big game for them. Um, and they can't take the Jags, uh, you know, for granted. Here. Yeah, the, their record definitely doesn't show the full picture of this Jacksonville no. team. No, no, Matt, I think you're right. This is a trap game for the Ravens. Jags coming off a bye. I think um, they have to go down and play in Jacksonville. I, I could easily see the Jaguars winning. And I, yeah, yeah, I see an upside here. Jaguars. There we go. Yeah, no, I think that's. 
probably the second best upset besides the Cleveland game. I think that um, the you know Jags are playing with house money, obviously, but Baltimore didn't look too good um, in that game, and they should have handily beat Carolina regardless of the weather. So I think that this is an easy trap game. I think Jags win this too. Baltimore and Jackson, sorry, uh, the Chargers in Arizona. <laughs> Minus four and a half for the Chargers going down to uh, University of Phoenix Stadium, if they still call it that. Um, I think the Chargers are actually going to win this, and um, they'll give the two fans hope that they can maybe make a playoff push, but uh, they just know that they're going to make ch- coaching changes at the end of the year. Uh, two fans a little generous. I feel for the Chargers. They should have never <laughs> left San Diego. Generous. Um, the Cardinals have only won one home game this year. They have pa- against they have the Raiders. They have packed it in. They have packed it in. I mean, Kyler Murray's probably playing Call of Duty right now. He's <laughs> not really that interested in this season. The Chargers are still playing for something, and Justin Herbert's going to grit it out the whole season playing through that injury. Um, Chargers win this game. Yep, I, I agree here. Uh, just especially seeing Monday night, uh, this Arizona team is just a mess. Uh, so I got Chargers in this one. I think this is the the safest pick because I had Chargers in a blowout. We have Vegas versus Seattle. Seattle's right. only opening at three and a half. How? <laughs> I'm telling you. From I'm telling. I'm I'm reading these these. This, I guess. <laughs> Um, Vegas is just feeling weird. I don't know, but that is the spread at this moment. And um, yeah, why not? Why not pick Vegas if they could somehow just have the game of their life? And um, if they just no. home out, only lose by a field goal and you win the bet. I'm just kidding. Of course, they're not going to do that. I think um, <laughs> I just think I think a Seattle is going to manhandle after a week off. And to show why they're a stellar offense. Um, yeah, I, I was just gonna say I agree. And you know, unfortunately, Russell Wilson, I think, probably ruined that stat that every quarterback that's played the Raiders this year is like the greatest quarterback of all time. <laughs> yeah, he played. I think he probably snapped that streak. But going into this game, I think that streak uh, is uh, comes back. That stat comes back alive and well. Uh, and I don't, I don't see the Raiders having any any shot there. Yeah, no, this defense can't stop a nosebleed, and I think that, um, you know, Pete Carroll's just teeing up to uh, eat McDaniels alive this week. Seattle has so many different things going for it. I mean, that stadium has some weird kind of just like juju around it. Mm -hmm. They have a great running game. They're coming off a bye. You know, they have the most accurate (sighs) passer in the NFL. Y'all may not think that the Seahawks are going to win that division, but I I think it's safe to call them a playoff team. Seahawks. Mm. Oh, I, I agree. I yeah, agree. I agree. They're a playoff team. Yeah. Yep. We have the Rams playing the Chiefs. Minus 14 and a half. It should be the best of the All right. <laughs> Quick question to me How is that Chargers Carolina game four and a half, but then Rams Chiefs is 14 and a half? That, <laughs> That's, that, that, I don't know, man. I it is It's really weird reading these off, but. I'm just getting it from ESPN's pick center. And, uh, well, <laughs> I have a theory on it, though. I think in the Cardinals game, they're projecting that Kyler Murray should play mm. versus we know that Matthew Stafford's in concussion protocol. Yeah. That's and no Cooper Cup and all that either. The Cooper Cup's out. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, I, yeah. The Chiefs, but that's, 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 that's they never covers. So. 
I think ahead ahead of the uh, week one of the season, this was probably one of the biggest games of the year. <laughs> <laughs> now it literally wah. looks like an unwatchable <laughs> matchup. It, I think, I think, four twenty-five as well. They got a flush. Shockingly, down. I think it might be the weakest of the four o'clock window. You can oh, argue I, that I, there's there's some ugly matchups in this. There's one. some ugly matchups for sure, but it might be the weakest of them if you look at it. It's a hundred percent the weakest of them. I'd be surprised if the Rams even score ten points. Hmm? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Would you pick the cover, even though the Chiefs are notorious? At least the no. Patrick Mahomes Chiefs no. have been notorious for not covering. Fourteen and a half is such a that's such a high number. It, look at yeah. And look at look at the Swiss cheese offensive line that the Rams have. If you have Spagnola's defense at home, they're going to eat them alive. You know, I think the the Chiefs have a hard time like performing in some of these primetime games as well. I think it being a two o'clock game, I think it's going to benefit them. I'm taking the Chiefs to cover and for the over. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Hear that. New Orleans is playing San Francisco at San Francisco. Mine is nine for this one. San Francisco is obviously going to win yeah. this. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, Niners. Easy. Six All right. Trash. This is going to be fun one. Green Bay. Oh, sorry, Alex. Uh, Renelio. I'm no, sure I you agree. That. That's going to be a blowout. Green Bay versus Philly. Philly opens at seven points. They're playing at Philly Sunday night. Um, Desmond, you had some words about this game before. Um, so having said that, though, can Philly truly put the nail in the coffin for this for this uh Packers season and a fit well I guess they could go nine and eight but um yeah but yeah pretty much put the nail in the coffin for for real for real I mean I'm the most I'm biased guys I mean like if if we're looking for objectivity with the Eagles you're not going to get it if the Eagles were one and nine I'd pick them so I mean I'm, <laughs> I'm taking the Eagles but I I don't think this is going to I think seven points is um a little much I think the Packers keep this game close I think mm-hmm. that they're gonna make the Eagles sweat a little bit Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree there too. I, I think just the Packers' offense seems to be kind of clicking. It's their defense that's letting them down uh, right now. So I think they can keep it close uh, against this Eagles team. But I'm going Eagles with this one too. I think the Eagles win this game uh, one possession as well. I think it's actually the defense that seals it for them. I think that this secondary is stellar. I think they're gonna um, they're gonna expose Rodgers a little bit in prime time. And the final game for Monday night. Oh, God. I just saw that for the first time. Oh, I want to throw up. Oh, my God. Oh, God. I want to throw up. You know what? I'll give you a quick surprise after this to to end on a positive note. But we do have the Steelers and the Colts. Steelers opening at minus two and a half on Monday night. Where's this going? I'm going to go with (laughs) Don't even record this. Don't even put it in the archive. Just skip it. Whoever has to record the game, just just forget to hit the button. Uh, Is this game worse or better than Denver Carolina? I think at least it's interesting to see what Jeff Saturday can do. I I say this game is better just from star power. I think think at least one of the teams has an offense. Yeah. All right. Well, let's end this on a positive note. <laughs> just, we're gonna go college football for this. You oh, have. I wanted, to, I wanted to pick the Steelers though, just so we have it on record. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll go I'll go Colts just because. Go just. I'm going Saturday. with the I'm going with the Colts too. I mean, they I'll almost take, they almost beat the the Eagles last week. I'll uh, I'll take Pittsburgh in the upset. 
you know, quick thing. What do you guys think? Michigan versus Ohio State, which can definitely, um, you know, set the tone for the college football playoff right here. Um, we have Ohio State opening at minus seven and a half. Accurate. Yeah, uh, that's that's the game I picked for my Pick'em League this year. I do mm. um, not year this week. I do like a, a bonus college game every week. Um, expect a blowout. I think Michigan is probably like the worst 11 and 0 team I've ever seen. <laughs> I think they're going to go down there and get wracked by Ohio state. Jim Harbaugh has had a hard time beating this Ohio state team. Um, you know, yeah. Last year was a good story with Michigan. Uh, I'm a big Georgia fan. As you guys know, uh, we destroyed them on our way to the, the title. Uh, they, you yeah. Harbaugh always had something on his Ohio state. Uh, I think it's the same this time around. Uh, I think it'll be Ohio state. I want it to be a fun game when those games are close. They're always fun to watch and always engaging to watch, but I think Ohio state gets the the win this time around. Well, here's the thing. I, I have Ohio state prevailing because I just think that they have Harbaugh's number, but I think this game is going to be close. I mean, how do you even keep the Maryland game as close as you did last week? That was mm-hmm. really shocking. I, I expected them that game to be over at halftime. And the fact they get kept it close against Tua's younger brother kind of uh is gotta be a little uh, point of optimism if you're Michigan. Yeah, so. expose their defense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Throw it all over them. Zoom, yep. zoom, zoom. All right, gentlemen. I hope you all have a wonderful Thanksgiving. You as well. This was a good one as per usual. And we'll see you next week. With uh, and let's see how all these matchups um turn out that caused us to laugh so much this week. So, and, uh, we'll see you next week yeah. and happy Thanksgiving, guys! Happy Thanksgiving, and hopefully, happy we'll Thanksgiving. Have Brian back. guys, he had tech issues, so hopefully, we'll have Brian back for our uh, next episode. Yes, Absolutely. Brian, um, disappeared. yeah, I feel bad for Brian, couldn't, his, yeah, couldn't come computer. in here and talk about the Cowboys after that yeah. beatdown. Yeah, his yeah. Computer fried his yeah. turkey. <laughs> yes, Brian has officially made a record. We saw history, the shortest appearance. Maybe Loki, the, uh, the first official walkout of the Productive Conversations podcast. But we'll see you next week, Brian. Hopefully, um, we'll see you then. All right, guys, happy Thanksgiving and see you soon. See you soon. That's one of the best groups around when it comes to talking about the NFL. Thank you so much, my friends. Thank you for the great work you always produce. Desmond, Alex, Alex, and Brian, I appreciate you always. Great work, gentlemen. Now let's hand it over to Ramblin' Russ Miller. Let's hear his picks in college football and the NFL for this Thanksgiving weekend. Here we go. And a happy Thanksgiving to everybody who follows the program here. Uh, happy Thanksgiving. Hope you and your families have a great turkey day and enjoy uh, the football coming up uh, Thursday through Sunday this coming week. So here we go. In college football for week number 13 in college. Uh, here are your plays. Last week it was not so good. We were one and three. We had the worst week we've had all year, and we're hoping to rebound very strong today uh, on uh, college football week. So here we go. Liberty minus the twenty-four. Liberty minus the twenty-four. Maryland. Maryland bounces back minus fourteen. They played very well against Ohio State last week. Maryland minus fourteen. Florida State. Very underrated team. They're laying nine and a half at home. I like Florida State. 
State to knock off Florida. Again, Florida State minus the nine and a half. And finally, Chip Kelly gets gets his uh, bounce back game. UCLA minus the 10. So again, in college, we have Liberty minus the 24. Maryland minus the 14. Florida State minus the nine and a half. And UCLA minus 10. A lot of chalk there. Hope it comes through for you. Enjoy your Thanksgiving. Don't eat too much turkey. Have a great... Don't eat too much stuffing. Turkey's very good for you. Don't eat too much stuffing. Good luck. Good day, everyone, sports fans, and welcome to a special edition of Ramblin' Russ's NFL Picks for week number 12, week number 12 in the league where they play for pay. And we start out just a, a side note. Last week, one of the worst weeks I've had in a long time. One and three in the pros. Uh, no no excuses. No excuses, Giants. The Giants laid a big egg. We're staying away from that game this week, although we do think we might get some indigestion from watching the Giants at 4 o'clock, 4.30 on Thanksgiving. But have a happy Thanksgiving, everybody, and enjoy your, your festive meal and enjoy your families as we embark on another Another edition of the NFL picks. And we start out on Thanksgiving. We are going to go with a home underdog of plus nine points. Plus nine points. The Detroit Lions, who have won three straight, are getting nine points at home on Thanksgiving. Even though Buffalo is probably staying in Detroit and the travel is not an issue and they, they beat the Browns, this is not a Browns team. This is a very, very good Lions team, an underrated Lions team, and a hot Lions team. And so we're going to stay with the Lions plus the nine on Thanksgiving to start out your turkey day. On Sunday, we move to Sunday, although I will give you some bonus picks on the side. I do think the Giants will keep it within 14 points. I know I think the spread is 10 or 9, um, but I don't think that's enough. I think the Giants are in big trouble Thursday. And of course, uh, in Minnesota, Detroit, Minnesota just got spanked. The Patriots just won an emotional game. I think Minnesota bounces back too. So um, I would I would definitely look at taking all three home teams on Thanksgiving. But anyway, back to my picks. So Lions plus nine. Now we go to the Commanders. The Commanders are laying four points. They are a hot team right now. They have one of the best defenses in the NFL. Washington minus the four at home. The Buccaneers. The Buccaneers are on the road. The Buccaneers are on the road, and they will win their game this week. They play a very weak team. Uh, they play a weak team. The Buccaneers will lay the three points with Mr. Brady. He's back and they're going to win that division. Tampa Bay minus the three. And finally we go to Seattle where the 12th man always is a factor. Off a of bye week. Geno Smith, well rested, ready to go, ready to take on a Raiders team that just won last week. Do you think the Raiders could put two straight good efforts together on the road? I don't think so. Seattle minus the three. So recapping. Lions plus nine. Commanders minus four. Bucks plus Bucks minus three, excuse me, Seahawks minus three. So a lot of chalk, three faves, small faves, a long, big, long underdog there. Uh, good luck week number 12 and hope you and your families have a happy, healthy and very filling Thanksgiving holiday. Enjoy. All right, all right, all right. Great job, Ramblin' Russ. You know, you didn't have a good week last week, but let's make it up this week. I am... I am, what's the word I'm looking for? I believe in you, Russ. 
Let's see what you have in store for this weekend. Don't forget to like and subscribe to the Productive Conversations podcast on all podcasts and platforms and YouTube. And don't forget to check out exclusive content regarding the show on ProductiveConversationsPodcast.com. And don't forget to check us out in the world of social media on Instagram at Productive Conversations Podcast, Twitter at ProdConvoPod. We're on TikTok at Productive Conversations. We will see you next week with a whole new batch of content and you don't want to miss any bit of it as we start our holiday season the holiday season officially begins after thanksgiving on thursday and uh, this holiday season we not only want to work hard we not only want to make an impact we not only want to be better than we were yesterday but we have amazing productive conversations coming your way as i mentioned with a mixture of both in studio and virtual guests We have a really good month of December ahead for you. And it's my birthday month, so that's pretty sick, isn't it? So with that, I just want to wish you all a happy Thanksgiving. Happy anniversary to my parents. They celebrate their... I don't know if I'm supposed to say the number, but but they celebrate their anniversary on Sunday, the 27th. Happy anniversary, Mom and Dad. You know how much I love you both and... And you're the best role models anyone can ask for. You you two really are. I love you so, so much. So happy anniversary to my parents. Happy Thanksgiving to the greatest fans and listeners in the world. Please relax and enjoy your Thanksgiving break. And just know there are people who are very thankful to have you around. So with that, my name is Matt Brown. I am the host of the Productive Conversations podcast. And I'll see you next week. Don't forget to check in on your friends and family. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Peace.